Was my rearview mirror fogging up, or was someone tearing back there? I'm fine. Very well, then I'll go meet your grandmother. But you should know that no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Eleanor Roosevelt said that. Yes. Another special lady like yourself. I'll be back at 3 o'clock. Hello, trolley people, and welcome to Supporting Cast, the show about the undersung royalty of the silver screen. You may not recognize their titles, but you will recognize their reign. Joining me, as always, is Princess Lincoln Charles Dong Perignon Vickery. Hello. And Princess <laughs> Charlotte Ruth San Pellegrino <laughs> Davenport. You have to wave. You have to wave. Sorry, and, princess. And I, of course, am Queen. Oh! Seamus Patrick McCart Maserati Quinn. <laughs> I like that you use um, <laughs> just brand names. Maserati? I wanted to really give some fanciness to this whole endeavor. That was, that was wonderful. What a wonderful intro. Thank, Thank you so much. I was also informed I was not getting a tiara by oh. Lincoln Previous, so I had to go out and get my own crown. Mm. He said he wanted me to be a guard, and I found that offensive. <laughs> well, because like, you were introducing us, so I thought it would be yeah, no, kind I, of funny to be like, oh, you're like the royal guard, mm. and you're introducing us. Well, I took queen. Yeah, okay. I decided I wanted to reign. Welcome to our episode on the Princess Diaries. Hello. Episode four in our Hector Elizondo series. Hector Elizondo is a wonderful character actor. We have three episodes previously on him. The Taking of Pelham 123, American Gigolo, and of course Pretty Women. And now Lincoln finally getting his way of increasing our episode count. This is the last episode <laughs> in the Hector Elizondo miniseries. And we felt that because uh, obviously Pretty Woman is directed by Gary Marshall, we we were debating whether to do two films directed by Gaz, and then we decided that yes. we should. Yeah, yeah we're close. Um, Gazzy M. We decided that we should because they're both just such iconic performances by Hector, and they're interesting to talk to as like a, a pairing of films as well because also, there's a like, lot of interesting crossovers there. Like what a last film Hurrah. to do. Like what a last, like this is really like a victory. I mean, obviously he's still working, but it's like this for our purposes, this movie is such a, such a victory lap. It is so, it is like everything goes right. Like it just fucking rules. He's and, so good in yeah, this movie. And Hector and Gary, of course, work together on like all, all of Gary Marshall's films. Hector was in after, no, all of them, flat out mm, all, all of them. There yeah. was like 18. And so like, it felt like only covering one was going to be like, just not enough. A huge disservice to his entire resume, which is a lot of Gary Marshall. A films. lot of Gary Marshall. We don't films. want to limit ourselves, you know. Well, I'm really glad we didn't. We did obviously do Pelham and American Gigolo because I feel like in his Gary Marshall films, he's playing more similar characters. Mm. But uh, it, it, it is this whole thing that you were talking about is watching the evolution of him into this kind of the Hector Elizondo character, yeah. which is just. So wonderful. I really like. It's funny though, because I agree with that because I thought in my head that Pretty Woman and um, Princess Diaries characters that Hector Elizondo plays are very similar in terms of the role they play to the leading actor, mm. but they're really different in terms of how they are presented. Yeah. So I, from my memory, they were way more similar. No. When I rewatched both of them, I went, he's so like, 
all four performances we've covered of his are vastly different. It's so interesting that this character brings in just a tiny little bit of that history of like this like 70s grunge, like the, the guy, like Joseph is a little bit dangerous. He's yeah. a little bit, he's sexy. Like he's, he's so a little sexy. bit, he's so fucking He's hot in this movie. Good. This movie, we'll get to it. This movie is so Chock a block wall to wall hotties. It's kind of it's oh it's dearly. it's crazy. Oh, I, I'm really worried about that. Actually, I also think I really reckon that Richard Gere and American Gigolo's character would have been really proud of how Hector his stays in this film. You know, if they could go, if they could meet. He'd be like, "You did good." In they, his jacket, like he is playing. Actually, yeah. Like they, if they could meet in this scene that I wrote in my head, he'd he'd just give him like a knowing like. Good job. Yeah, yeah, Richard Gere really did Pretty Woman uh, Hector Elizondo into this role at the end of his career. Gary Marshall is uh, Hector Elizondo's uh, Richard Gere character. <laughs> does that does that red string connect? I think it would think be so. uh, his, um, what is it, Bernard Miller character? George uh, Bernard Shaw? No, no, um, he's the shop attendant in Pretty Woman and he's- oh, Larry Miller. Larry, Larry Miller. Miller. He's the So Gary Marshall is the Larry Miller to Hector Elizondo. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm so glad we finally cracked the code that everyone's been waiting to find out. I was fairly openly a bit sour on last film. Yeah. I fucking loved this one. Fuck it. This well, movie let's, let's fucking go back. rocks. Have you guys seen this movie before? Have you yes. seen this movie before? I saw it in cinemas. Yes. Yeah, but with I- your, With my mum, actually. With your mom. This, was okay. a, this was a- I saw with my mum. I probably saw the sequel with my dad, though. <laughs> There's a famous thing- uh, Famous. famous. <laughs> <laughs> there is a thing that Seamus and I talk about, which is the list of uh, films that he saw with his father, which is um, famously I, I think... Under the Tuscan Sun, Cars 2, and now Princess Diaries 2. Is Not Cars 2 Cars one of them? Cars 2. It's going to be fully loaded. loaded. <laughs> Even I knew that. See, it's famous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Famed in our pub circle of sitting yeah. around drinking <laughs> Sitting around and drinking and talking about what movies we saw loaded. in 2003. <laughs> My dad, one of the most humorless people you could ever possibly have met, he he once said to me, um, I just don't get music. I wish it was just all poetry. Uh, <laughs> what a guy. When, what when, a charming fella. Uh, in the trail, I remember we watched a trailer for, I think it was called Stripe or something. It was a movie about a zebra racehorse. Yeah, Stripes. Stripes? Is that what it's called? Mm, no, no, that's Stripes Bill is the Murray movie. Film. Yeah, it is just called Stripe. Stripe, yeah. Because the a, zebra learns to race. Learns to race. He, is it this good? was a trailer. So good. No, does he win? <laughs> is a zebra good? I mean, yeah, of okay. course. Yeah, of course he is. Are you joking? <laughs> All I remember from that trailer are two horseflies uh, singing Ebony and Ivory yeah. on the side of that zebra. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Well, my dad saw the trailer for it and it was actually the trailer running before Herbie fully loaded. Um, and he was like, could never train a zebra like that. <laughs> Whilst two flies were singing Ebony and Ivory. So I think at some point my mum, my mum must have started recommending movies to me that she knew my dad would hate. <laughs> and she she knew, was doing a bit. I think she was doing a bit. Like That's I've been thinking funny. about that recently of like, I know she told me to go see Under the Tuscan Sun with my dad. <laughs> well, yeah, we've spoken about that. There was a movie that your mom loved. Hadn't seen. Oh, hadn't seen? No, I an even wilder pick. Okay. She was just like- I love Under the Tuscan Sun. I saw it fair, like this year. I loved I it. I think that movie is so good. Were you in Tuscany though? 
Uh, no, I, I was in Spain watching Under okay, the Tuscan yeah. Sun. It's not quite the same thing. Yeah, but uh, I thought you might have more with romantic outlook but it was, on it. But God, uh, God, I really, I was, I, I was her. You know, I was Diane Lane. I think it's Diane Lane. I have no memory of, of whom's in it, but I do remember seeing it when I was six, maybe seven, and loving it. Yeah, that it's movie, a wonderful film. Yeah, it's great. It's quite adult for. I- uh, a six-year-old. Apparently, I loved it then. Yeah, I get confused between that and Eat, Pray, Love. I know they're very different, but they're in so my they're head, so different. They're yeah. so oh, they couldn't be more different. Okay. <laughs> I have only seen Tuscan Sun. Yeah, I, I also have. I haven't seen Eat, Is Pray, Eat, Pray, Love. Is Eat, Pray, Love Alan Woody Allen? No, no. that's <laughs> good. Julia Roberts based on like a someone. Uh, yeah, the, yeah it's the, ha- the, Javier Bardem's in it. Yeah, he yeah. plays, he um, plays sexy prey. Javier Bardem. <laughs> He plays the love, Lincoln. Oh, of course. <laughs> Fucking moron. Um, so you saw Princess Diaries with your mother. With my do mother. You, do you remember any of your feelings about it, it at the time? Yeah, loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I believe I wanted a foot popping kiss. Oh, absolutely. Don't we all? Mm. Isn't that, at the end of the day, isn't that all we want? I, yeah, I live for it. So I didn't like the movie when I was younger. Mm. And it's because, and I, I know that it's iconic and I think I could recognise it's iconic and there are moments that are genuinely funny. So I must have enjoyed it somewhat. And I've seen it a bunch of times since then and kind of changed my tune on it. But I think I read the books when I was like maybe slightly older. Yeah, and yeah, see, I've never read the books. I, they're really different in tone. They're yeah. a bit more like young adult, uh, like teen and kind the, of. And the queen's like, and like quite nasty. She's nasty. There's yeah. so many changes. Like and they're written as a diary as yeah, well. Yeah, which, which makes is sense the, because yeah. it's called The Princess Diaries and the diary is featured very briefly in oh The Princess God. Diaries. I literally have not even thought about that that's what it's called and it's not a featured in the movie until no. the dad gives it well, to her. It's also the dad. The name, um, because they were going to, so the books are set in New York, right? Mm. And they were going to film in New York and they changed the name to the princess of Tribeca or something yeah, like that's that. Right. Yeah. That's right, and then it. Gary Marshall didn't want to film in New York. He was like, I hate, he wanted to be with his kids in San Francisco or something. He dedicated the film to his grandkids. Yeah. So uh, his grandkid is in the film, I believe. Or both, well, both, both two of his granddaughters. Hector Elizondo's granddaughter as well. <gasps> is also in the that. film. Oh, that's so cute. Um, yeah, he didn't want to film. He was like off filming in New York and then off filming in Toronto, which he called fake New York. And was <laughs> like yeah. really <laughs> off it. Um, so they changed it to San Francisco and then they were still working on changing the name because they didn't, frame it like it was her diary. They did, that, that was not in the script. No. Um, there is a diary in it, but- It's, know, it's not of, hers. Yeah. It's not even the princess's diary. No, yeah. Well, it, it is because it's her dad giving her the diary at the end. Like it's at the end of the yeah, movie. By, He's like, fill this with all of the stories of yeah. you being a princess. Which is, which is I good. don't think he- that's what, that's, Does he say that? Yeah. That's what he says in the voiceover. The final pages are for you. Yeah, exactly. He does the final pages are for you, but it's not the final pages. There's nothing. It's The book is empty. The book's doesn't, empty. Yeah. The book doesn't have stuff in it. Why is it just, locked? <laughs> there's, a, there's a letter in because, there because it's her it's for her it's for her to fill all the stories of being a princess in hmm. I don't know why you didn't get that I didn't get this movie <laughs> I loved it I, mean, I actually fair, will, I know exactly why I didn't get that because I immediately recognised the voice actor and was like who the fuck is that and completely had to stop watching to figure it, it out Gary Marshall? No no oh. it's um he plays Paul Lewiston in Boston Legal. He's a fantastic actor. Him and Hector Elizondo both voice characters on Avatar: The Last Airbender as well. Oh, fun! Yeah, I love this actor. We should do him on the um, we should do him on the podcast, podcast? at some point. <laughs> I saw this movie when it came out. I believe I think I saw it. Um, I bought. I think me and my sister and my brother. Um, bought the DVD amongst a bunch of DVDs yeah. from Video Easy or rent, rented them. Um, and I think that's how I, I watched Princess Diaries. And I'll say, I don't really remember how I felt about it, mm. <laughs> if I'm very honest. Um, now, I think this movie's really, really 
good. I, Something I've been thinking about a lot is the Hector Elizondo quote where he says, uh, Gary Marshall um, making a film, he, he doesn't really make a film, he throws a film like one would throw a party. Mm. And this mm-hmm. movie feels like that so much. And the only film I've ever seen that feels a little bit more like that is it's- Princess Terrace to the Royal Engagement. That's a masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> did you guys watch two? I did not watch two. I watched it in the cinemas and I remember that one more than I remember the first one, but I, I, yeah. I because it, it unlocked a certain trope in my heart, which is enemies to lovers oh. with Chris Pine and early Chris Pine. Great, great performance. Also Julie Andrews, Mattress surfing down the stairs is like just locked in my Absolutely memory forever. Iconic. Also, one singing. of the most clear double, <laughs> like cutting to a stunt person I've seen yeah. in a long time. And also, Julie Andrews, it was a huge deal because I, and we'll talk about Julie Andrews a lot as we go through this podcast mm. because it's a fucking Princess Diaries and she is the queen and Gosh, the queen of my life. Fucking amazing. And this movie. she, obviously, famous singer, started in Broadway, started on the West End, British actress, uh, the sound of music, Mary Poppins, you know, incredible, beautiful soprano singer. My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady, which we will obviously oh, yeah, get to. Oh, yeah, of huge, course. Huge, I didn't even connect those dots. It's she's part the, of the casting reason yeah, because right. it's like I mean, she was Eliza Doolittle, the Pygmalion story, and now she is the Henry Higgins. Henry Higgins. Sorry, Henry Higgins. Can we oh. have it one more time? <laughs> no, yeah, go on, give us that. Henry Higgins. Though. Henry Higgins. Have you played Eliza Doolittle? <laughs> You'd be an amazing Eliza Doolittle. Thanks, guys. Everyone's got to cast her for you would the actually... amateur version of My Fair Lady. <laughs> That would that would be a great role for you, genuinely. Thank you so much. I think you would knock that out of the park. Look, love to play it. Would love to play it. Liza Doolittle. No, okay, that wasn't the audition. <laughs> Can you uh, please do that accent? Can the you do the rain? The rains in Spain yeah. fall mostly on the plane for us. Can you do it Cockney <laughs> and then is proper? From, is that yeah. from my family? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like the rains, like when she says it proper. Yeah, I don't know. She says it like proper. Can, like. can you do it? She shit? says it proper like. She <laughs> says it proper like. Sorry, no, I can't. <laughs> this whole Julie Andrews though, she obviously is a famous singer and very. Tragically, had nodules and surgery, which rendered her unable to sing for many, many years. Princess Diary to the Royal Engagement was the first time she publicly sung in, I think it was like 25 years or something huge. And she sings a song with Raven. Yep. From That's So Raven. Did you know that? <gasps> Man, I saw Princess Diary 2 in cinema and I all I remember is being disappointed because even as a teenage, uh, even as a teenager, as a kid, there was a thing that drove me mad in sequels, especially to romantic sequels where the previous love was discarded and replaced by a new guy. Yes, Jonathan Schwartzman was re- replaced by Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. And look- A trade-up, no offence. Sometimes, <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan Schwartzman. Who I think is quite good in this movie. Another I think Coppola. Yeah, uh, yes, he is a Coppola. Yeah, and when I first saw him, I went, oh, look, it's- um, It's Jason Schwartzman. It's Jason Schwartzman yeah, yeah, yeah. we have at home. Sorry. Robert Schwartzman is his name, right? Sorry, you, did I say Jonathan? Yeah, sorry, yeah. Robert Schwartzman. He was going to change his name to Cage. Did you, did you find <laughs> yeah, his in honour of his cousin. Because his uncle is Nicolas Cage. He cousin. didn't return oh. because he's a musician and he didn't return because his band was touring and he yeah. they offered him because in the books she marries that character. Mm, uh, Mia ends up with Michael. That's like through and the Royal Engagement stuff does happen, but the books are quite different. And I think I was sort of on talking about that a little bit. I will talk about it as it goes along because a lot of things that happen in the narrative of the movie, which seem very bizarre <laughs> and mostly that's to do with her friendships in the book, it's a huge part, but she's actually got a group of friends. It's not just Lily. Right. So they've combined everyone into Lily and made her that the worst character in cinematic history, <laughs> the uh, least sympathetic I friendship. Fu- I, she redeems herself at the end though. I think, I, yeah, I think it's like she, she goes through a journey. Also, she's kind of right sometimes in the movie and then very wrong. And that, like, I think she's kind of like a 
difficult kind of character. A teenager. She's a teenager. Yes. Which but, I kind of really like. So they really toned down because it's Disney, Mia's character, which is Anne Hathaway film. She is very much an activist, like vegetarian activist, like damn yeah, the man. Right. They're very much anti a lot of things. So I think that her becoming a princess is actually much more of a difficult struggle journey. and difficult journey yeah. for her and her friends to cope with. And so that come, they actually, they scrapped all of that, all yeah. the activism out of the film because Gary Marshall was like, I don't want a bar of that. Like, yeah. I, don't want to- <laughs> I don't want to deal with yeah. any difficult but- su- subject whatsoever. Yeah, I also think you can kind of feel the movie struggle with it a bit in like the first act when she's like, oh, it's just going to, I don't want to be a princess at all. And you're like, like why? <laughs> I, I love it. Meg Cabot, who wrote the mm. book series though, famously was st- I think hadn't done that well with her novels and kept on getting knocked back because it had a bit more adult content. Uh, a couple of changes that make like this is interesting. Her dad, the prince, is not dead in the books. Yeah, he just has testicular cancer and cannot hmm. have kids. I've got I've got the the quote here. Um, Deborah, one of the producers, uh, called um, um, Meg. Um, Meg Cabot, uh, called me and said, we have to kill off the father from your book. And I said, why? And she said, we want to have a bigger role for the grandmother because we've got this great actress that wants to play her. And I asked, who's the actress? It's Julie Andrews. And I was like, oh, my God, kill him. Kill the dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Meg Daisy seems like rules. an absolute she, chiller. Yeah. She literally just went, Gary Marshall, Disney want the film, take it. She's like, make a Gary Marshall film. Yeah. And she didn't care. She literally was like very much like, yeah. you can do what you want. The books exist separately. And yeah. in her head, she's like, they take place in two different universes. And I think this is a case in which sometimes it's good to not be a direct adaptation of a book because often like good books make bad series. Bad books can make really good things. So mm. I don't know. I think she just went, take it what you want and make it into a film. Cause but, she, I think she was quoted. I don't know if you have the quote. Yeah, Her quote on that yeah. is, I don't think Gary Marshall needs help to make a movie from a novelist who has absolute no, ex- uh, absolutely no experience in filmmaking. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good philosophy. I think mm. of like, of course, by the idea from me, um, and then she gets Jake- paid on the back end. She, I'm sure she was paid very, very handsomely for for this, but it's like, if, yeah, pe- people getting too kind of precious about their work can sometimes kind of get in the way. Yeah, look at the embarrassment that is J- uh, J.K. Rowling. Like, she is the mm. opposite of Meg Cabot, who's like- ha- Hang on, you're saying you don't like The Secrets of Dumbledore? Um, you don't think that's a kind I, of masterwork? I, oh, I think they should have stopped at Fantastic Beasts. That's clearly- <laughs> they made that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, but it is clearly like Meg's the- so Meg, you're, what you're saying is you're pro the crimes of Gr- Grindelwald. Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm medium on crimes they of Grindelwald. Were, if they weren't going to stop He just stop wanted to those... stop World War One. <laughs> Maybe. Two? He wanted to stop a World War. I that think was, was his yeah, thing. It, yeah, exactly. He was a peacemaker. Should we talk more about Grindelwald? Because I know you've watched all of these movies. <laughs> I don't, no, one, I have not seen all of these movies. I've seen Fantastic Beats and, of course, The Secrets of Dumbledore. So you skipped you crimes? Did, I, I skipped the crimes. To be fair, the crimes is shockingly bad, but apparently Dumbledore's worse. So Dumbledore I don't know how we got there. Dumbledore is one of the- <laughs> most atrocious things I've ever seen in my life. I really don't like to trash movies particularly. I mean, that's a very big movie. There's no way you can punch down on it. But uh, ho- holy shit, that movie sucks. But it is the slowest, most boring thing ever. Um, it sucks that um, Eddie Redman got caught up in that series for so long. I think I think he's a really good actor. I'm he's never- made some bad choices. He's made some bad choices. <laughs> he plays choices. the same thing in everything, including no, that. He's quite yeah, good. He, he, he literally does that honor. in that. Yeah, but so he does that. In <laughs> he does that in that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, okay, uh, yeah, Danish girl theory of everything. 
then Fantastic Beasts for fucking <laughs> six years. You're yeah. like, Eddie, no. Well, <laughs> also, when does he been good to you? When have you been? I mean, not, I, don't, I used to have a big crush on Eddie Redmayne. I used to love him. Miserable. He's not incredible. He's though. good He's in that movie. He's got a weird singing voice. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> okay. Oh, would you say, no, it's good, actually? I would say it's good, actually. So another major difference in the books is Mr. Joe, the man of the hour, mm. doesn't exist. Oh. So, Gary Good Marshall. On Gary Good on you, Gary. Gary. So, Press Joe up. is, of course, played by our boy Hector Elizondo mm. in what is a really freaking great role, I think. Uh, there is a bodyguard in the books called Lars van der Hooten. I mean, um, one mistake yeah, is not maybe including. One. Lars van you can call me Lars. Yeah. <laughs> but I like um, Hector is so fantastic in this movie. His character is so important in it as well. He brings a certain level of like, I guess they were trying to kind of go for a father figure kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You uh, cut the well, dad, you put in Hector. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love this. There is one of my favorite parts of the whole film is the romance between Julie Andrews and Hector Elizondo, which I, is done so incredibly well. Yeah. And they were insistent it was their idea to put that into the movie because they really wanted to have a romance with people over 50. Because they called each other cute in a read. I can't talk about this too much without um, being too inappropriate. So we're gonna have to. <laughs> we're actually gonna have to table it for a second. We'll come back to it as we as we go forward. <laughs> what does that mean? You wearing that wig and saying that to me? <laughs> I'm alarmed. Yeah, it's, uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> no, I'm just. They're great. They're so good together, and it's such a kind of delightful kind of end of our series on this actor for him to end up with Julie Andrews. Yeah. And in the perfect. second movie, they get married. Yeah. It fucking rules. It is It is like watching them, the bit where Hector and Julie Andrews walk off and in, into to the have, garden to, and he just waves you know. like the other two guards away. Oh my Is gosh. like watching, it's, it's like watching him march off into the sunset yeah, on, a, so on a white horse with Julie Andrews. It's the end of the Princess Bride in the Princess Diaries for <laughs> oh, yeah, Hector yeah, yeah. Elizondo for me. And that like that little hand wave that he does <laughs> is like- It's like he's got one, the force. It's so hot. <laughs> um, he's so hot in this movie. He's, yeah. And their chemistry out far outweighs anything that's happening between <laughs> Robert Schwartzman and Anne Hathaway, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. We absolutely love it. Should we dive into a little introduction and then I can get to your production history? Absolutely. We? Yeah. I mean, also, we've we kind any? of covered the majority of the production yeah, history. Great. I'll just cover any dots that we haven't covered. Yeah, like, you know, casting for Mayor and stuff like that, which is interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I also, do you have any information of what Hector's been up to since Pretty Woman to this? I forgot to write it down. Okay. <laughs> a bit. Let's dive into The Princess Diaries. The Princess Diaries is a 2001 coming-of-age comedy directed by Gary Marshall, based loosely on the book by Meg Cabot of the same name. It is the feature film debut of one Anne Hathaway, Dr. Brand herself, and also stars the semi-retired at the time, Julie Andrews. The film follows Mia Thermopolis, a simple American teen growing up in sunny San Francisco who learns she is heir to the throne of invented but vaguely European country, Genovia. Under the tutelage of her estranged grandmother, Genovia's current Queen Clarice, and her head of security, Joseph, Mia must learn what it is to be a princess and decide whether to claim the throne she has inherited or renounce her title permanently. Released on August 3rd, 2001, the film was an unexpected commercial success, grossing over $165 million worldwide. Although it wasn't a huge hit with the critics, most of them falling into the, hey, it's good for families if you like that sort of thing, Hathaway and Andrew's performances were lauded by pretty much everyone. 
one of the highest grossing movies of the year, the makeover scene alone is embedded in the memories of a certain generation and helped the film to become a staple of late 90s, early 2000s kids lore. Absolutely. Is there anything else that we want to cover in the production history before yeah, we dive I, into the, the, the film most, itself? The most interesting points, I think, about the production history are is that the novel was published after it was picked up for film rights. Yes. yes. Like uh, it was uh, the film rights were bought for four, uh, $4,000, which seems low until you realize that the manuscript had been getting, uh, had struggled to get published. And then thanks to um, the attention that it got from publish, uh, from film studios, that then got it published. And then it sat on like the uh, New York Times young children's bestseller list for 47 weeks. So yeah. Meg's doing fine. Meg, Meg's, Meg's, Meg's having a good time. Meg's doing fine yeah. and like clearly like holds this film no ill will. Yeah. Like kind of it's was like, like the uh, George C. Scott Stanley Kubrick collaboration. Like they were writing 2001 and making the film at the same time. Very yeah. similar to Exa- The Princess Diaries. <laughs> Both equally good films. Yeah. That, I mean, and then the other interesting thing about this, of course, is that it was produced by Whitney Houston. Yes. Yes. That, when that came up on the, the thing, I immediately paused and just went, <laughs> Hang on a second. What? Yeah. And I Googled and I was like, it was, I was like, maybe it's a different Whitney Houston. Because she produced this and then she produced Cheetah Girls. Like yeah, the, right. that was the, like the one, two punch of Brown House uh, productions. And Wait, that was her production company name. Yeah. yeah. Great. Love it. She was working with Disney at the time, um, picked this up. And then apparently she was the one who first said, we need Julie Andrews and we need Gary Marshall. Hey. That was her and the original um, producers need to gets for the movie. Cause the Whitney? original was smart. Yeah, she was smart. And I will just call out Deborah Chase Martin, who was also a producer on this, also part of like the uh, Brown House production team. And she was the person who first read this manuscript after the agent got it and was like, this is movie potential. Let's take it to Disney. Yeah. Um, Gary Marshall was already like pitching movies to the Disney studios. So it all sort of came together quite quickly and beautifully. Yeah. And then as far as the casting of Anne Hathaway goes. I've got a list of actors who were considered Yeah, go on, give me that. Give me that. Yeah, give us that list. Big one. So people who were considered for the role are Reese Witherspoon, Kirsten Dunst, Alicia Silverstone, Jessica Biel, Claire Danes, Kate Hudson, Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Brittany Murphy, Katie Holmes, Christina Applegate, Kate Beckinsale, and Eva Mendes. And the front would be funny. I mean, she and the front runner who was actually, I think it was between her and Anne Hathaway, was Liv Tyler. Yeah. Oh wow. And who was good, otherwise engaged? Good choice. And I think. then it was a situation in Wait, which um, Liv Tyler in two thousand and one. Yes, she was one. making Lord of the Rings. Uh, hmm. They ended up going with Anne Hathaway because I'm pretty certain that Gary Marshall's grandkids decided that they liked her the most because yeah, he was right. like making this film for the, his grandkids. The quote, the quote is that he thought that she was the only one that could do both the princess and the comedy. And also that his granddaughters said that she had the most princessy hair, mm. which is really She does cute. have very princessy hair, um, much like me. Uh, uh, also, also, also Gary Marshall called her a cross between Judy Garland and Groucho Marx. Did you guys yeah, see that? Yeah, Julie Garland, Groucho Marx, and also Julia Roberts and Groucho Marx. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, There's a famous bit of lore in a couple of these scenes with Anne Hathaway uh, in terms of like, you know, the character of Mia, it's important that she's completely clumsy. Like mm. this character spends mm. the whole first half of the film, has to be legitimately clumsy. Anne Hathaway reportedly in her screen test fell off her chair. She was so nervous. And kept on going. That's and cute. that's what got her the role. I was, I was listening to, available on the internet is the, um, uh, 
available on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> available on the internet for anyone to find is the DVD commentary, and it's Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews having a, a high tea together as they watch the film. Tell you what, you want to spend an afternoon having a really good time hanging with two people that you can have a parasocial relationship with? <laughs> Do I recommend that? <laughs> um, also, Anne Hathaway, we know this about her now. She's a huge... You can tell from this movie. In fact, it was her first. You can tell from this that movie. she is going to be a movie star. She's incredible. Similar to Julia Roberts in that way of Gary Marshall. Fine. People have often compared her to that performance yeah. because it's she's she's just great. She's so funny in it. And she's so, so she's really really good. Very charismatic, but also does the awkward thing because obviously she's very attractive. So they have to convince you that she's not attractive in the first half of the film. And I think they make it work with her kind of physicality, as in when she's like playing, even when she's got the makeover, when she's playing softball, she's so bad. Like you know, yeah, she yeah, still yeah. sucks at this stuff, and it's quite endearing and she captures that awkwardness of high school in a very relatable way. <laughs> also, also wearing the biggest wig and like the most fake eyebrows. Fake eyebrows. Fake eyebrows. It's so funny. She does talk about it on the commentary that the makeup artist every morning when they were doing it, she would be, she would like stop and be like, I'm so proud of this one today. <laughs> she went out with the eyebrows, which is really, really nice. That's good stuff. Um, we know that Anne Hathaway is a theatre kid. That's what heart. I thought you were going to say. Um, when you were like, she's a movie star, I was like, oh, she's a big <laughs> theatre kid. She's a theatre kid. I feel like as a theatre kid, if I got cast opposite Julie Andrews for my first film, I would be- It would be pretty huge. I'd be freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And so I imagine that high tea, I imagine the whole relationship between them would just be- It's, re- it's hey, it's like she'd be a, a really nabbing. good time to listen to. Like, and keeps being like, the first time I met you, Julie, I was so nervous. <laughs> And Julie Andrews is like, ah, it's fine, dear. You were great. Did I ever um, tell you guys I ran into Julie Andrews once? What? <laughs> what do you mean run, ran into? I mean, I- Like I, at a grocery store? No, I, I, f- I physically bumped into her. Why? Um, so- Stop. Don't do that. <laughs> she was in Perth, right? She was. No. Because we, we, we went to see her. Like, did you go to that yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. went to see her live. It was when she, I, she also did it at- uh, the, I think it was that same like talk performance thing that you mm. guys saw, except it was at the Sydney Opera House whilst I was working there. And I was like running from one side of the Opera House to the other with like a full tray of sandwiches. And I bumped into someone and I just like turned around. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she turned around and was like, don't worry, darling. It was my fault. And it was Julie fucking Andrews. That's so cool. I, yeah. and I just like stopped as she turned and just kept walking. I was like, did I just... Did I just have a like a daylight hallucination? <laughs> I would have cried. I could not That's believe it. So cool. And she it was so like she was so like as expressive and sweet as she seems in all of her movies. Just completely like no no falseness between like the character of Julie Andrews and the actual person where she just like I bumped into her a at that time, like 65 year old woman. And she just completely was like, I should have been looking where I was going. I was like, fuck me, what a queen. And then I went back to the job I hated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that rules. for the day. What though. a legend, yeah. What, uh, fucking legend. It's kind of, it's impossible to express <laughs> how important and uh, yeah, fantastic um, Julie Andrews is. There's kind of nothing that you can say mm. that kind of will e- express it for me. Um, in my opinion. Also, they must have just been so stoked because, I mean, it's a very different departure from the book. She is an antagonist in a way to Mia. Like, they do not get along. She's quite mean to her. She just, like, snarky off it, not in, like, and and hates Mia, actually, the majority of it. So they kind of went a very different way with Julie. I think that one of the reasons Gary wanted her or they got her is because when you think of royalty, she's played so many, like, royal characters in Mm. her time, you know, or, like, Camelot. 
uh, beautiful musical called Camelot, yeah. where she played Guinevere, a uh, bunch of things. So I mean, she's, she's film royalty. Like, yeah, and that is, I think that's that's the meta narrative of yeah. is that she is the queen of film. <laughs> like, and here she is now to bestow upon this young up and coming actress her messages and her skills and her, and that's all around the publicity and it's all around the like the movie itself. It's it's great. But I think she also, in her early start of her career, she would have played Mia. Do you know what I mean? She, yeah, absolutely. Because you have her in The Sound of Music, Maria is, you know, she's What the do you do with nun. a problem like Maria? Yeah, mm. you know, she's breaking all the rules. Uh, obviously the biggest one because this is, uh, again, a Pygmalion-esque story. Mm-hmm. We have My Fair Lady. I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about some pretty woman, but Julie Andrews was meant to, like, pre- originated the role and then got recast because the studio didn't think she was a big enough name. Yeah, right. And by mm. Audrey Hepburn played Studios it in the film. famously smart. <laughs> and Audrey Hepburn was okay. She was good in acting in the film, but she was dubbed by a singer. Didn't see really? her role. Yeah. And then, but at the same time, it was okay because Julie Andrews landed another little role called Mary Poppins. Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. <laughs> Which actually propelled her sweep. to stardom. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like funny to see. And even the character says, uh, you remind me of me. Yeah. And it's like really, it's like great, it's great casting. Like yeah. it's, they did good with um, Julie. Speaking of Mary Poppins, this uh, film is filmed on the same uh, studio, like uh, Studio 2, uh, Burbank, Disney Burbank Studio 2, as Mary Poppins and Pretty Woman. And during the filming of this, it was named after her. It was dedicated oh. to her. So it's now, it's no longer Studio 2 Burbank or whatever. It's Julie Andrews Studio 2. Did you guys also know a fun fact? Julie Andrews has a rose named after her, and the roses of Genovia are the are the Julie Andrews rose. Oh, fuck! Wow. Isn't yes. that just it's awesome? Okay, I, should we, we need I to get wanna, to the movie? I know. I no, just no, no. want to say. Go. Let's keep going. Just I'm, before, I'm happy to sit back. Let's let's talk princes. I somehow have more notes in this film than any film of color. <laughs> I found interesting in my research is that they were hesitant. Disney were hesitant to back female targeted like young female audience live action movies until the success of The Parent Trap happened. Mm. And I just find it really funny that Disney thought that young like children, teenage girls were a non-profitable I know, it's kind like, of a demographic. Bizarre... Clearly the most the money will has come happened, from. <laughs> has happened again recently of yeah. being like, you know who wants to see movies? Teenage girls. Yeah. Like it's like, it's kind of, it's, it's such a bizarre thing that kind of recurs over and over. And mm. then they're like, oh, one's hit. Same, like same with Pretty Woman, right? Like mm. uh, it happened then of like, uh, do we know this kind of like, is, is this, can, can a lady lead a movie? And then they're like, oh no, it makes the most money of oh, all yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> I find it fascinating. And I was just like, it just seems. And Gary Marshall was a big pusher for it. He was like, one, he was, he wanted to like make G movie, uh, G rated movies, a legitimate moneymaker. And then he also was just like, I wanted to do a fairy tale for the fairy tale crowd, which are the young girls and boys. And that's it. He was just like, fairy tales will always make money. Yeah. And he was a big believer in it. He obviously also likes, uh, in his own words, uh, right, making wish fulfillment movies for uh, women in particular. Mm. Uh, it's just, I mean, let's not talk about Overboard, but an absolute masterpiece. And it is an absolute. Wish fulfillment. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Female what I, wish that's, that's what I want in my life. Yeah, it <laughs> is it, to be thrown overboard, lose my memory, and be captured like a slave. By Kurt Russell. By Kurt, by, well, actually, okay. <laughs> that does help the cause. It does slightly. <laughs> well, I think that the pervading philosophy was like girls will go to boys' movies, but boys will not, not go to girls' movies, which is Wrong. just categorically not 
true. <laughs> this move. And has been proven over and over and over and over again. Anyway, the AMPTP needs to pay the fucking writers and actors. Should we get into the movie? Let's, Let's get into the movie. Dive in. Let's slip on a delicious shoe. A delicious shoe? We start with the Walt Disney Pictures, the castle, When You Wish Upon a Star is playing. We This is the first, is this the first Disney movie we've covered? I'm pretty, pretty sure Pretty Woman's Disney as well. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but it, it doesn't start with the When You Wish Upon a Star. Probably not. I don't because, think so. <laughs> because it's not a G-rated movie. Separate itself when a little. When you <laughs> wish upon a star. And then cut immediately. Ice to overdose. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elegant piano music, beautiful regal font, The Princess Diaries. I'd like you guys to rate this font. The Princess Diaries font that emerges as the title screen. How do we feel about it? I've forgotten about it already, so it can't be that good. Yeah, it's a five. Six yeah, no out memory. of ten for me. Okay. I reckon we could have done better. San Francisco. Look the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, as soon as this happened, uh, my girlfriend Rachel Proctor started singing along with the the theme music to the Princess Diaries, <laughs> which I didn't think anyone could possibly know, but of course she does. We settle on a San Francisco townhouse and Hathaway stares out of a window, transition to semi-competent pop music, Supergirl by Crystal Harris. Thoughts? This is where we meet Fat Louie. Yes, this is where we meet Fat Louie, the cat. Fat Louie has um, more setup, like there is more set up over Fat Louie's character with the sign, which mm. is like uh, Fat Lu- uh, Mia and Fat Louie stay out. And I was immediately like, who's Fat Louie? I need to know who Fat Louie is. I had more expectation about meeting Fat Louie than I had me- uh, meeting the Queen of Genovia. And then <laughs> when like I found out he was man. a fat cat. I, <laughs> he's, I, a big, I, he's a big cat. I, like my hat blew off. <laughs> I think this is the most realistic depiction of having a pet cat in cinema history. Okay, well, that's a big call. It just lazes around. Yeah. That's all it does. Yeah. It doesn't do anything particularly fascinating. <laughs> There's nothing wild. It just lies there so, and gets pats and it's the best character ever. So, so Fat Louie is played by four different cats. Mm. One who is uh, good at sitting around, one who is good at being picked up, one who is good at hissing, and one who is good at stunts. And I, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what stunts is this Find me that stunt cat. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I read all of that. I was like, he just sits. Yeah, he just Fat sits. Louie is played by one cat, the sitting the sitting one. Yeah. Wow. He doesn't even hiss on command. I re- noticed the bit where he's meant to hiss on command. That's ADR. Yeah, absolutely. That cat does not hiss at all. That cat is stationary looking at Anne Hathaway and it just, we've yeah, you've pumped in and... And one of them is uh, <laughs> Anne Hathaway's actual cat. Oh, Who I believe is nice. not actually called Fat Louie, no. but is credited as Fat Louie. That's nice. In the credits. Anne Hathaway slides down a fireman's pole. It is... Fucking awesome that Love she this lives house. in a firehouse, abandoned firehouse owned by a hot mum who, uh, Carolyn Goodall, have we done uh, Carolyn Goodall hook, cliffhanger, disclosure? That's a fun three weeks. Mm. Uh, she lives in an old firehouse with her kooky artist mother. Uh, this place, dream. I want to okay. live Love there. it. The Art only- everywhere, huge kitchen. Fire pole. Fire pole. I think the only fictional bedroom that beats Mia's is Hey Arnold's. I think they're pretty neck and neck. Remind me what Hay Arnold's. It's so cool. It's It's like a a robot. He presses a button and everything (laughs) transforms. His bedroom's a robot. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's uh, no, his bed just folds into the wall. No, he presses a button and like the, the couch spins around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, I'm going to need a little bit more description. If I don't remember what Hey Arnold's bedroom looks like. It's a in robot. a loft upstairs. You can climb the ladder, but it's like very cool. And he can, there's like a glass ceiling like this and all of his stuff and furniture like goes into the wall and can fold up. That's just really cool bedroom. Okay. That he presses really a remote good. and it goes yep. and it transforms into a different fault? bedroom. No, but mm, I think it's, it's in uh, New York. It's in New York. My, oh, well, okay. Hang on. <laughs> my other Location wise. <laughs> my other favorite bedroom is also Anne Hathaway's in Love and Other Drugs. Oh, oh, that's like a cool that? New York loft. It's a giant oh, loft that. with like, a bathtub yeah, yeah, yeah. in the middle. Yeah, with a bathtub in the fucking middle. I want to live in that. I want to live in that loft. I want to live in her fireman's house. You know uh, what's not a good house for her? Lame is. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the house in Lame is. I think. I, I think, think if I has had to at choose, that point. yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, pretty early on, she gets kicked out I of her. She house. lies in a, no she lies in a coffin and yeah. sings. It's not good. Does she have a coffin? Wait, does she have a coffin? She lies in the coffin and sings I Dreamed a Dream. She lies in a coffin, doesn't um, she? That is a thing that happens in that I movie. I dreamed of houses gone by. Nope. Uh, Annie a house rides, full of love. Sure. Annie rides her sky. scooter to school. What do we think about riding a scooter to school? So an, electric, an, an electric scooter? Uh, Very cool. Uh, my note on that is we should all get one. Yeah, I think so. We should make a video of us in San Francisco. <laughs> all of our money. Yeah, that's a little ex- <laughs> Let's just get scooters and hang out. So, See, sh- I had the opposite reaction. I was like, never get me on a scooter ever again. That's how I felt about that scene. <laughs> Ever again? I used to have a razor. <laughs> most 2001 thing ever to have a I did have a razor as well. As she leaves, she immediately hits a bin owned by Mr. Robitussin. Do you know who Mr. Robitussin is played by? I looked him up, but is he the... No. He's the elevator uh Manager. Oh, no, he's the, he's the guy that runs the elevator in You're Pretty Woman. Right. Because mm. I looked him up and was like, that looks like a guy, and yeah. then found nothing about he's him. He's also my favorite character in this movie. We'll talk about it. Uh, of we, course the, he is. The music, <laughs> the music in this film is by John Debney. San oh, Francisco. So you mean the neighbor who she says, have a nice yeah, yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Robert and what does he say in response? It's so funny. Probably uh, not. He's like, have a good day. He goes, probably not. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he, I've, he's great. I've written down a line from him later, but I was yeah. like, I actually can't write down every single I've line. I've written down this. every line in this movie. <laughs> San Fran, I think, looks great. I love anything shot in San Francisco. I think hills are a very powerful cinematic tool. Oh, you, uh, X-Men 3? Yeah, United I love The Last Stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I... I don't think this film is particularly groundbreaking in the way that it's shot. I think the there most are some Im- weird choices. The most impressive part of the cinematography is the fact that it's set in San Francisco. Yeah, so it looks really nice. This is where we peak at hey, this point. That's... There's a hill and a streetcar. Yeah. And we're having a good time. San Francisco so does look beautiful in this movie. We get to school. The popular girls are doing a little dance, which is great. Um, that's yeah. Mandy Moore, and I can't remember the other actors' names. Uh, some poor girl who obviously told. Gary Marshall, that she could do a bend back and then she spends the entire film doing flips or being – she even delivers a line at a bend back at one point. Yeah, that's right. She, she is does. always flipping or doing something. That girl, like yeah. she's very flexible, but I'm just like I bet she regretted just being like, hey, I could do a round off. Apparently, <laughs> apparently Gary Marshall, when he's talking to actors, he will, they'll be like, hey, I'm an actor, I can act. And he goes, ah, I don't care about that. What else can you do? And then his quote is like, can you do an accent? Do you have a trick you can do with yeah. your nose? Do you, have any do you know hobbies? how to juggle? Yeah, yeah. Do, you, like, can you, do you collect anything? Yeah. Like, he, it's Which like, is why everyone in his film does close-up magic. I think I think that's really, it's, it's a fascinating way to make movies that I think doesn't really happen anymore. And it was partly because he was just so established. He was just part of this kind of huge kind of conglomerate. He was his own brand. So he could... Take time. Use actors. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? I just remembered you're wearing a wig. <laughs> so did I. So did I. Honestly, 
honestly, it looks good. It was really Thank weird you. to Thank look you. at you as uh, you were getting- <laughs> as I was starting. It was because I was starting to get serious about Gary Marshall's style of filmmaking, and I don't think he makes like the best. <laughs> okay. I don't think he makes the best. This is also this bit will not work on audio form. You no, guys, sorry to guys. It's also I don't think I think I look quite nice. You do. You do. Um, he's not. I don't think he makes the greatest films of all time or whatever. Stop laughing at. But the way he makes films, you don't really see anymore. Like there's no. I was thinking about like the equivalent of this today. <laughs> <laughs> the equivalent of this. I just need to adjust my tiara. The equivalent of this today. The crowd is a heavy thing. The crown is. is it is. It, it, the, the, the crown weighs heavy on the head. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. This is good. Uh, uh, I'm crying. The equivalent of this today is those Netflix Christmas movies that come out every year, which are these like really like lightly warm, very boring. Um, People do defend them and they're like, they're they're not the worst things in the world, but but they don't have any of – Gary Marshall's juice, in my opinion. No. Like they don't, <laughs> you guys are both looking at me, trying <laughs> no, to be serious to be and you cry, you're both actually crying. I'm so sorry. Um, I think, so I, all right. Okay. I, on surface level, I think, I, I totally agree with you because it does look like one of those Christmas specials. That's yeah, it. no, go, go, go. Um, and I think I told these guys separately and it's a pretty boring story, I'll tell you again, but I, was very surprised when I said to my partner, hey, I have to watch Princess Diaries for the podcast. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'll watch that with you. Anyway, it wasn't until literally we walked in and I turned on that he went, hang on a second, and he fully thought I meant The Princess Bride. And I was so surprised that he was so enthusiastic about Princess Diaries because I knew that he would hate this movie. And he fucking hated this movie. That's crazy. Um, That's crazy. He just went, I don't, he was like, he could appreciate the, the, not the target audience, to be fair. Like he doesn't have any nostalgia attached to it. <laughs> a, um, mid thirties year yeah, old man. Yeah, um, he's just like I don't know. I like it, but he he was saying he what annoyed him about the film was it the way that it looked more than anything, and the way that it was like really sanitized. And I went yes, because it's a Disney movie for children. It also looks good. It does. Like, look it looks. Good. No, it, it looks. Uh, warm and lovely, and there's no, there's no like, there's bad. no, there's the no camera- like long oneers, no. like Spielberg one, like no. there's no, fa- there's nothing fancy. The camera's here, in pretty it's- normal places all the yeah. time. What Except elevates for one it? weird shot, which I'll talk about later. What elevates it though, as I was saying, it's the actors. Really, mm. it truly is just the actors that he gets and the crew and the heart that goes into it. It's I a think party. it just elevates it. It's a really fun watch. That's so thing, yeah, I the, agree with the you. idea of throwing a film like throwing a party. I think is so so interesting to kind of look at in in his films and you know I not no one else I think kind of works like that why are you're just raising your eyebrows for me it's that I realize that your haircuts are now similar yeah 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 That's absolutely. Point, right? yeah that happened late for me well because Ch- Ch- Charlie got and- Anne Hathaway's haircut mm. many many years ago I did <laughs> I, um, from a different makeover scene yeah I got inspired well not this haircut this is kind of mullety but the haircut that I always had was from the Princess Diaries makeover where she got the fringe no, sorry. From, uh, <laughs> oh, the, yeah, devil yeah. Wears, the Devil Wears Prada makeup oh. scene, which is as iconic as this one. I think Gosh. she's a part of two. The three most iconic makeovers in cinematic history are okay. Anne Hathaway in Princess Diaries, Neo Miscon- in The Matrix, Miss Congeniality, Sandra Bullock, and then we have Anne Hathaway in The Devil Wears Prada. Interesting. Can I Brunette add females? Kill it over yeah, here. Yeah, I mean that Miss Congeniality one's really good. So good. What so about funny. Batman Forever, where Batman puts on the new suit? I know that's not technically a makeover. It's not a makeover. Yeah, I guess not. But he does change into Batman, which is cool. <laughs> he does change into Batman. Sandra O oh appears. She does indeed, and this was like before 
Grey's Anatomy before she was really famous. And she looks really, really good. Yeah, uh, Miss Miss Gupta is her character's name and she immediately is like walking past, get off the wall, Jeremiah, you know better than that. Good stuff. Anne Hathaway is so invisible at school that people literally sit on her and she says, somebody sat on me again to Heather Ma- Maserato. I love Sandra O. Good morning, Lily. <laughs> Lily's friend like doesn't remember me at all. It's so good. Some of the lines in this are so horrendously goofy that if it was in the hands of a less competent director or a less competent group of actors, it would feel like a soap opera, but they are so well delivered. It genuinely makes me laugh. Almost, I don't think there's, there's maybe one dud line in this movie that's like meant to be a joke that didn't kind of hit for me. Sorry, Heather Matarazzo. I didn't, I said Heather, I said her name wrong. You did. Heather Matarazzo. But none of us corrected you. No. Because it felt awkward and bad for you. Anne and Heather are at the, the lockers Annie sees that Mandy Moore is making out with a boy. Uh, Annie's best friend, uh, Heather, says jerk and jerkette siding, but Annie imagines what it would be like if she was being kissed by the hot boy, something that will come up later. We cut to debate class. It looks like class. a bad kiss as well. It does look oh, like yeah, a bad the, kiss. The kissing stuff is not good. I, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, Ugh, not, mm. not pleasant. Uh, the hot boy, Josh, from before, Eric Von Detten is the actor's name from Annie's Daydreams, is debating whether or not they should have school uniforms in their school. The teacher tells him to put his school uniform back on and he starts doing a strip tease. Yep. <laughs> Great. Uh, now <laughs> Mia Thermopolis, uh, uh, Annie, gives the negative side of the debate or tries to, but she gets tongue-tied. She can't get it out. I really like how low stakes this little part of the film, like where the film starts. I mean, obviously the whole film this is whole- fairly low stakes. Well, but except- it is I don't like- know. It's actually pretty high stakes. <laughs> it's extremely it. high it's stakes. stakes. World and politics. extremely no, low stakes. <laughs> like it really is high stakes. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> if you think about it's it. It's so weird. <laughs> if, it's if wonderful. I think about it. If you reframe this movie, it's actually mm-hmm. like a bit disturbing. What do you mean? Why? If you reframe it as Julie Andrews is a villain and she's trying to like maintain power of her country over like a democracy well, and she's we'll just trying to like. Her, her, we'll have her, to bring in the context of Princess Diaries to the royal engagement her, because the whole premise of that movie is John Reese davies hiring, not hiring, using his nephew Chris Pine to try and regain power over the land of Genovia. So- that's very high stakes for me, but I feel like this is like it was going to happen anyway. Uh, I hey, any any sort of global political figure. Also, but also we don't know how big Genovia is. I don't think it's like it's not like uh, the president of the United States or well, something. What is so baffling about the? We'll hold off on this completely, but your role as Queen of Genovia is incredibly vague in the way it's described in this movie. Yes. and they have a prime minister. They have a prime minister. They absolutely who we love who we love. In- This scene ends ends with probably my favourite joke in the movie, which is just as Anne Hathaway goes out to, leaves the room to throw up, someone in the background, clearly ADR, just screams, uh, cover the tuba! (laughs) That is really good. (laughs) It is the weirdest ADR joke, and it's clearly just Gary Marshall like in the edit room being like, uh, making jokes to the other, be like, ah, cover the tuba. <laughs> Shit, we need to get Mandy Moore back in here. <laughs> Let's get someone in here. Uh, Anne Hathaway on, on the DVD extras says that she she had to do that so many times and she has to hit the xylophone every time that she injured her hand. <laughs> oh. Oh. Also, the teacher in this scene is another great little introdu- uh, character introduction. Yeah, He just loves Velcro. Yeah, that's cool. I love that's that a cool he, character trait. It's a trait. cool character trait just because he pulls Velcro off at one point and goes, I love that sound. I was like, me too, dude. After school, Annie scooters back to 
the rock climbing gym where she works. Seamus, any thoughts? You love to rock climb. Um, she says tension at the top and at the top of the thing to yeah. clearly be like, hey, put uh, you know, less slack as she's coming down. And I feel like that's a really old thing to say whilst rock climbing, or it might be American. But it's also two thousand and one, so maybe. Well, it was that's what I was, then. It was. That's kind of what I was wondering. Is like, is that something that? has changed in terms of like the lingua franca of rock climbing the or is it lingua that- franca of rock climbing? <laughs> I can't answer that question for you, Shavis. I can't answer that but question I'm, for you. Or I'm, it might be American was do, my other thought. At, at home, do your own research. Get your uh, climbers, get in the comments. Reach out to I me, like a climb guy. Climbing, okay, and I have been bouldering before, so I'm not saying this is to discredit the whole bouldering community or say anything about it, but I think that her <laughs> art mum being into rock climbing and her working there sort of tracks, sort of like Absolutely it's a little bit tracks. dorky, kind of weird. Yeah. You're like, rock climbing. It yeah. fully tracks. It's yeah. a great character track. It's a good track. character track. Her mum does then swing by and is like, shame about you vomiting today. I really like this scene. I think she's so good in this movie. As a writer at one point, been like, man, how do I fit this exposition scene in an interesting way? I was like, I know, I'll set it rock climbing. And I now know where this that impulse comes from. <laughs> where this that movie comes from. Has had an effect on me. Good stuff. Yeah, I think it's so good. Yeah, Carolyn Goodall, I think, is so wonderful in this film. Perfectly kind of encapsulates that that. Uh, art mum, very Energy. caring, but like a little bit like not connecting with her daughter in exactly the way that the daughter wants. Like I think because she's really a bit good. immature. Like yeah. that's the thing that she brings that 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 character brings, which I think a lot of the characters share in this is that the adults are quite immature in this movie as mm. well, which really carries a lot of it carries a lot of the movies plot forward living in this world where everyone's just a little bit silly. Yeah, the mum mentions that the grandmother called. Hmm, who could that be? The one who lives in Genovia. She's come to town and she wants to have tea with Annie. We'll find out what happens there. They go rock climbing together and talk about why Annie should go meet her grandma. Annie eventually agreeing, agrees, agrees. Back at school, next day, there is a lot. The the kind of rhythm of this movie is we're cutting between royal stuff and school stuff, which is quite a good idea in my opinion. We're at choir practice they sing Catch a Falling Star. I don't know if you so had this funny. same note. These kids are good. That is, they <laughs> they nail some harmonies. There is That is, a, you know, these are like 15-year-old kids. They are crushing it. Hey, I mean, oh, let's be real here. We've got Mandy Moore in the choir. Absolutely. Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway in the beautiful choir. singer. Like, stunning. This, school, <laughs> this school's got some talent. Nurturing some talent. My note was choirs are creepy. Why is why? I love choirs. There was choirs. something about- Choirs are creepy. That, that, that children choirs singing, catch a falling star, like that always feels more horror to me than cute. Like you put an echo reverb on That's it. That's because you've seen too many horror trailers. You're just watching horror yeah. trailers and you're like, ooh, it's spooky when a child sings. You're like, wow, and Creep by Radiohead is sung by a children's <laughs> choir in every single fucking trailer for the last five years. It's sick, yes. I don't, I don't think that's happened four or five years. I think there was like a five-year period ten years ago oh, when yeah, that sorry. was happening. But it happened. We did also skim past the fakest-looking piano playing I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, the hot boy is doing like – um, like a Muppet playing piano. Uh, who's the dog in the Muppets that plays piano? Beethoven. Beethoven. No, no that's that not it. Right. Beethoven is a dog. Uh, but yeah, it is very. <laughs> it is the most over the top fake piano playing, and I love it. Anne Hathaway hitting the drum makes me laugh. <laughs> yes, big really, really, good. really concentrating. She, I actually empathise a lot with that. Just, just sadly and off rhythm hitting a drum. <laughs> just that being your only job, and not the only me. job I was allowed to do in the band, and just being like. 
Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> she, Annie goes to see her grandma at a nice estate. It remains a mystery who this woman is. There is a pretty good gag where she starts to walk on the grass right. and then they shout, get off the grass. And she kind of like dives off. and then In like four different there. languages yeah, four as well. four different languages. Great shit. She walks into this beautiful estate and she is surrounded by opulence. We meet Charlotte, who's played by Kathleen Marshall, who is the desk girl in Pretty Woman. Hmm. Did you get the thing about her character's last name? No, what is her last so name? So they called her Charlotte Cutaway, spelled with a K, and yeah, it's because they every scene she has, she's used as a cutaway character, yeah. as, as seeing cutaway. So Gary That's Marshall awesome. named her in the credits Caroline Cutaway. We also int- uh, meet the butler here who, for a moment – He's not like he gets nothing mm. to do. For a moment, I thought he was Hector Elizondo, uh, just because oh, that's the kind of role that Hector he Elizondo would shows up. do. Because it's the kind of role that you, I kind of imagined he'd have in this movie, not really remembering it. And then I realized it wasn't. I got weirdly mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, you're like you're not. I think Hector. I wrote, in my note. I was like, was "Fuck this Hector. fake Elizondo guy. Where's my real boy?" <laughs> He's also. Finishing eating at the top of this scene that for seems some reason. Unprofessional. It did seem unprofessional. I also wrote Ectel's honor would not stand for that. Because <laughs> he, he opens the door and he's chewing. And I'm like, why is he just finished housing a sandwich? It's because Gary Marshall's on that and he's like feeding everyone. Yeah. And like everyone's having like a spaghetti pasta dinner. And then yeah. he's like, yeah, go on. Well, you go. Action, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I got very aggressive towards this side character who I later came around to. Julie Andrews <laughs> appears. She appears imperiously at the top of the stairs. She looks so good. She's so good in this movie. She looks great. She is smoking. <laughs> She's hot. Julie Andrews, it took me years to realize Julie, Julie Andrews, Andrews is hot. Julie Andrews, so hot. Like hot Mary Poppins then, in the hot now, hot forever. She looks at Annie. She says, well, let me look at you. You look so young. Very good, very good. What is Annie's response? Uh, like, you look so clean. <laughs> so funny. Good stuff. Julie Andrews gives Annie a necklace with the Genovian crest. Annie doesn't take good enough care of it. There's a bit of physical comedy here where she drops the whole thing that the the crest is kind of held in and it falls to the floor and clatters. There's a lot of that. Mm. Her physical comedy is so good. I also, great. I relate to Mia so much because there's even just her putting it directly into her school bag. Like just, <laughs> I was the kid it. that just like shoved all of of the paper, loose paper into yeah. the bag in a shocking twist that no one saw coming. Julie Andrews, uh, they're, they're talking about what's going to happen. Julie Andrews wants to tell Anne Hathaway something that will have a great impact on your life. Anne Hathaway says, oh, I already had braces. And then Julie Andrews says, no, this is bigger than orthodontia, which is, so good. that's just good stuff. Julie, like the, the chemistry between Julie Andrews and Anne Hathaway is immediately perfect. Mm, yeah. Like it is crazy how young Anne Hathaway is in this movie. Like she is 18 she's when filming 18 this. Years old, yeah. And she is like, she's playing tennis with Julie Andrews. That's like, uh, that that's like me playing tennis with Serena Williams. It is. Sorry. <laughs> is it not, Charlie? No, no it's it a good just, metaphor. It was good. It was good. Yeah, someone with I didn't know no where you were going. I didn't know where you were going. Amazingly doing well. It's like I have no experience. I have no reason to be good at tennis. And, you can and then up. I come out there and then just knock it out of the park. Hell it's yeah. fucking crazy. We cut to tea in the backyard. Julie Andrews reveals that Annie is not merely Amelia Thermopolis, but in fact, Amelia Mignonette Thermopolis Rinaldi. Princess of Genovia. Sorry, it's princess. Sorry, you're so right. Yeah. I love the way she says Genovia. it. Princess. Quick the question. emphasis is in the right place. Would you guys like to be the princess of Genovia? Yes. Um. <laughs> I like that we're thinking about it. I think we need to take this question seriously. If yes. you were offered, 
when you were, uh, let's say How today. How old am I? Yeah. I, like, think, I think it's today. I'm 30. Okay. Yeah, I, and Julie Andrews or your equivalent, Serena Williams for you, Seamus, <laughs> comes to you and says, would you like to be, your your name is actually not Seamus Patrick McCart Quinn, but is in fact Seamus Patrick McCart Williams Quinn. <laughs> yes. 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 What are you doing? Like, why are you threatening me with a good time? Yeah, I know. It this is a hundred percent. Also, I would, I, I, like, if I had 100% limelight, I would just be the same and be embarrassing, and it would. Li- I would continue to live the no, life. No, but you'd, that ha- is the you'd point have to learn. Of this movie. No, the well, but you do have to learn. No, she learns. She accepts in the wet sweatsuit. Yes, sweat but suit? she she delivers it with like it's it's a compromise there. She still yeah, gets her like. It. She, yeah. Watch. Well, yeah. You, you're gonna have to like learn like manners. Fine. You're gonna have to like. I'll take it. File I got Julie fingernails. Andrews there to help me. I got Serena there to help me. <laughs> Honestly, I've got not much else going on, so I'd probably say yes. Yeah, yeah it sounds alright, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Yeah, I think. Would uh, you? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Also, free home. Yeah, yeah. free what home, had a money. House? We could make Does movies. Fine come with the car. Well, I think Just, that's. Do yeah, you well, come with the car? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pine. Yeah, she got, she already got a stang as well. Anyway. Yeah. Julie Andrews explains that she can't rule Genovia because she married into it, but because Anne Hathaway is the legal heir to the Genovian throne by blood, she can take the throne. And Andrews is going to teach her how to be a princess. Great stuff. Annie doesn't want to be a princess and she runs away. Oh my God, Hector Elizondo shows up in a leather jacket and black sunnies looking like a heavy. Do you have the entrance time for me? I do. It Hector is and- a cool 15 minutes and 45 seconds. Wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Hiding him behind a bush and then revealing him. Gary <laughs> knows what we want. Yes, that's the thing. Gary Marshall understands Hector Elizondo and he understands this podcast (laughs) maybe better than we do from the grave. (laughs) Annie and her mother fight as to why uh, the mum didn't tell her that she was a princess, which is fair fair enough. enough. Mm -hmm. No, this is a bad parenting. Bad, bad parenting. It's it's bad parenting, but it doesn't bother me because this whole movie exists in such a wackadoo world. Of course. it It is a thing... Not to harp on a movie before, but it is why this movie... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. Just let me get through it real no, quick. I, f- I fell asleep. The reason this movie works for me is that it is so cartoonish that I don't feel like I ever have to investigate any of the morals of the movie. Yeah, sure. In a way that I found much more difficult to enjoy the ride of Pretty Woman. This movie Absolutely. is living in a world that is so much easier for me to just have a good time. Carolyn Goodall in this scene I think is so good. I think I've said that in every scene that she's in. Yeah. Uh, you think also she's, she's pretty Goodall? I think she's pretty <laughs> damn Goodall. Realizing that this, sorry, that was sorry. I'm just reading. I, I realized very quickly that this is a movie full of my types of like yeah, Caroline really very is. much up my alley. <laughs> Julie Andrews, absolutely. Hector Elizondo, thank you. <laughs> Annie is great too. Um, she yeah. wears her braces plate thing um, in this, and that's her actual braces plate from when uh, she was a kid. Yeah, from when she was a kid, and then she explained to like Gary Marshall, like oh, I can't actually wear my. Braces, but you won't be able to hear what I'm saying. And he's like, uh, put put it in for me over the phone. And she started talking. He's like, yeah, I can't hear a word you're saying. Sounds great. <laughs> so it's the next day. Hector Elizondo is picking up Annie to take her to school. And then Mr. Robitussin sees this and says, I've never ridden in a limo. He admitted bitterly to himself as he crossed to the open window, looked out at the bay, the fog looming like his pathetic life before him. Can't believe I won an Emmy. <laughs> Patrick Richwood thing. is his name. Dennis from Pretty Woman. He is so good in this movie. So I have one thing yeah. that we slightly skimmed over that I do need to bring up. Hector's job apparently is 
head of security. He's the head of security. He, uh, Julie Andrews says, can you help me? In that moment, did she say, I'm demoting you to a limo driver? Because from that moment on, he never does a single security related thing the entire movie. Well, he does. I think he's she's trying to kind of hide the fact that he's a bodyguard by also giving him the driver job to kind of like minimize it for Mia feeling like she's being tailed by someone. I think that's fair. But also- it would be really hard to be an effective bodyguard whilst you're driving a limo. Like he kind of, and then there's other security around. It feels like well, he immediately the the most stops important- being head of security from this moment Well, they need on. to keep her a secret, right? So they can't make it obvious. True. The most important job in terms of who, like who he needs to protect for Julie Andrews is um, Mia, right? Mm. Like the most important thing that any- person in security could do is look after me. I am taking this so seriously. Uh, (laughs) So that's why. And also you have to remember the most important thing is that the most important person in Joe's life is Julie Andrews. I understand that. He is in love with her. Don't have to tell me that. Anything she says he will do. So I don't think it's demotion. I think it's just someone who loves someone doing a favor. Keep it subtle in their way so that the the press don't get alerted yeah. to the fact that suddenly this girl is like, you know. In that case, what do you think the end of that conversation was when she says, can you help me? What do, What is that? Is it like- He says, of course, anything. And she says, I need you to look after Mia. And yeah. he says, absolutely. What I does think- that entail? And she's like driving to school. Okay. I'm writing that scene out of my head right now. They should have kept it in. That sounds good. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> and then he says, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And then he, they make out and fall to the ground oh. and we're all very happy. Mm-hmm. Caroline, Caroline Goodall, and this movie ends the way that Speed ends for Hector and Julie. Well, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> and also with two characters that are very clearly about to have sex. <laughs> Caroline Goodall and Julie Andrews meet and talk about Amelia. Uh, I really like how chill um, Caroline Goodall's character is about her divorce. There's a mm. kind of great thing of like it's also the Gary Marshall thing of there was never any conflict. We just weren't right for each other. There was like, and then we broke up, and we just d- decided to keep this a secret so that Mia could live a normal life. I also think it's good because this film passes a Bechdel test in a country mile. Like they pretty rarely even talk about male figures except yeah. for her father and he's not even that much of a – like there's – it's way more about the female relationships with each other. A hundred percent. And I think it's pretty – even the male love interests for Anne Hathaway's character are barely there. Like you and can have the film without them. good. It it's amazing. Good. Like they've literally – Such a good choice to kill off the dad and give most of his lines to Julie Andrews. It does do a weird thing, which I noticed in this, which is – Julie Andrews' character, and I think she plays this, but it is not really text in the film, has had possibly the worst year of her life. I know. Where her husband and her son both die within about six months of each other. Because her husband died two months ago and her... No, her her son son died died two two months months ago ago and her husband- Like six months ago? Like six months ago, like at the top of the year. So she she talked about it, uh, Julie Andrews talks about it in that- her costumes start very dark. Yeah. Like all of her costuming very starts in mourning. And then slowly as Anne Hathaway's character kind of breaks her open, she gets more and more colour through the movie. Yes, and there's a line that really even helps out one across, which we'll get to, delivered Soon. by Hector Elizondo. Mm. That highlights that. But also I will say that this film Aww. really has 
a very weird relationship with um, grief and mourning times for people. Yeah. Seems like people think they're going to get over death real quickly in this film, as we'll see with Lily yes, and Yes, Lily Muscovitz has some things to say about grief. <laughs> when she, have we had that scene yet? No, not yet. It's coming up. Julie Andrews then tells Annie that there is an annual ball coming up uh, and Annie's got to go, but Annie's not happy about it. She runs up to the tower, which is very funny, princess, very. and hides a little bit on the nose. She has a tower? <laughs> Goodall makes peace between them and... Annie will do princess lessons, but she gets to choose if she wants to be princess or not by the time of the ball. That's movie making. That's just good movie. (laughs) Annie then meets Mr. Joseph Hector. Uh, Hector drives Annie to school. She plays with the divider of the limousine. Uh, Hector says, princess, princess, I point out that no matter how many times you push it, it will go up and down the same way. So (laughs) good. All of his line deliveries, both in this and two, he has such a sense of gentleness and kindness with just an undercurrent of, if I needed to, I could kill a man. It is truly utilizing every tool in Hector's toolbox. Exactly. And that, that I think is like the culmination of everything that we've been doing is somehow in the princess diaries of like, you can see the guy in taking of Pelham one, two, three was at one point, this guy maybe. And he has become this incredibly gentle, incredibly chill, like really lovely guy. Yeah. Who's in love with Julie Andrews. He completely (laughs) differs from Pretty Woman where he's very kind of like, still kind of nervous and still gets nervous around Richard Gere's character and kind of like, it's it's a complete- He wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't believe that uh, Barney would necessarily know jujitsu. They instantly have great chemistry, Annie and Hector. I think they're instantly like, you're like, bang, those two get along really well. Then Heather, Matt Arazzo says Hector looks like Shaft, which is a really good bit. Yeah. <laughs> he rocks out and she's like, you look like Shaft. And he goes, do you know you look like Shaft? And he goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much better than what I said. He's so funny. That right. cracks me up. The character so makes me laugh a lot. Back at school, everyone bullies Annie. Very sad. She's bad at sport. She hits her teacher with a softball. The teacher immediately needs ice. Okay, come on now. It's called softball for a reason. (laughs) She didn't throw it very hard. You're fine. It is so funny, though, the joke of throwing it directly into (laughs) the back of the person who, uh, the back of the head of the person who's in front of you. Um, That teacher has an interesting role, comes back and is often like a big supporter of Mia. Yeah. yeah. And Um, in juxtaposition between Sandra O's character, who seems to be only care about Mia when. She's famous. Mm. Scootering home from school, Annie complains about her father being dead. And Lily Muscovitz, uh, Matarazzo says, I thought you were over at. Wasn't that like two months ago? <laughs> Which is a crazy thing to say about someone grieving. Yeah, this character is a bit all over the shop at the top of this movie in terms of what we're meant to feel about her. Yeah, I, I, I it kind of works for me because it is the kind of one engine of conflict in the movie at all is yeah. these two best friends who are kind of bickering at each other. And then when Muscovitz later says, I really need you to be a princess because it's if one if someone like us can be a princess, that proves that anyone can be a princess, which is like one, the theme of the movie and much more the theme of Princess Diaries to the Royal Engagement. And she also, I do think it kind of redeems itself later when she just openly admits that she was jealous. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's refreshing because I do think a teenager would probably act that way. I, that, that, and that's why yeah. I like it. I yeah. do, yeah. I it's do. hard to watch though as an adult because you're like, boo, Lily, get out of here. But you're also like, nah, I mean. She, that's, she's a teenager. She's a teenager and she's at fault. Yeah, I think if it had stayed this tone, much longer in the movie, that character would be 
completely insufferable. Yeah. She's really mean to Anne Hathaway though with the hair thing. Like she's actually cruel. Yeah. It is. It is yeah. cruel. It is cruel. But she's jealous. But yeah, she's kind of she's worse. jealous and like she's losing a f- the, the friend that she mm. thought that she was having. And it's yeah, it's a little bit of reality, which I like. Mm. Um, I really want one of those scooters. Annie goes to the mechanics where Lily's brother, Michael, is having band practice. He, of course, needs to practice with M&Ms on his keyboard. Why is that? What is that about? I'm still so confused. It's one of the things that I have been thinking about for several days. I mean, there's a bit later. Is it it implied that Mia likes M&Ms because they talk about M&Ms and pizza later? I don't think he likes them. I have it on her. I think he just likes anything that she likes. He's trying to get her attention. That's what I thought it might have been. But also, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? I initially thought it was some. I thought it was some sort of trick to learn piano. I thought somehow. Well, I was like, I was going to be good at. I noted it as something to ask Lincoln. Are you okay? (laughs) What the fuck did you? (laughs) No, I'm good. I'm good. Let's go. Yeah, I thought maybe like you could use. But then as soon as you press it down, it bounces up and goes. Everywhere. Yeah. You do. There is like a thing where you can like put little colors. stickers and, and colored yeah. stickers on stuff so you can yeah, like see notes and stuff. But maybe it's not M&M's. It's not M&M's. Maybe it helps him concentrate. Maybe he needs, uh, <laughs> it, maybe he needs quick reward for hitting the right key. Yeah. I think that it's to do with her and her love for M&M's. Or they could have had her eating M&M's separately. I think it's he loves M&M's, she loves pizza. That's why the M&M pizza at the end is their love. <laughs> It's something I was actually thinking about when we get to the scene. I was thinking about like, that's such a thing of like, we were talking about recently on on our writing project that we're working on at the moment of like, not everything in a script actually needs to come back. It's not, you can't just do circular logic for every single item Mm, that appears in it. Mm, I liked it. I was like, (laughs) you only had time for one character trait. You gave him M&Ms and then there's an M&M pizza. I like that. I feel like his character trait is mostly that's a Coppola. Like he's got the same vibe yeah. as all of those people. No, like that's got, a Coppola with a harmonica. Always, yeah, yeah. I was say, he's always playing some instrument or doing something like oh, uh, it's hilarious. Him playing harmonica was my favorite bit. So out, funny. for a second. It's like just an indie. <laughs> just like as he walks out of frame, just yeah. <laughs> And he's always doing like quirk. He's a quirky guy. He is a quirky guy. Annie at, at the garage looks fond at her Mustang um, that she wants that doesn't that doesn't work yet. It's at the mechanics. Her mum's mm. gonna buy her this Ford Mustang that's kind of broken down. And Michael basically offers to work for free to fix it to uh, Dr. Motors is the mechanic's name that lives there. I found Gary that Marshall, first thought, best <laughs> first thought. First thought, best thought. First thought, best thought. We don't got time. Well, Charlotte moving. Cutaway, Dr. Motors. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, Robert Schwartzman is fixing the car up for her. And then Annie goes to her first princess lesson. There's an important gag here where she breaks the finger off the statue. She breaks the finger off the hand of the statue. And as she's struggling with it, puts it in, in the mouth. And then that comes later by someone being like, well, you know, the Genovians are actually famous for their string cheese. Really good stuff. <laughs> Which is really nice. But also that statue is clearly a piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely. That that's that's cheap. That's yeah. that's China. Yeah, not, not well, marble. You you can't. Why would you display that there anyway? Anne Hathaway's innocent in this story. Abs- I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I, think, I think the movie agrees with you largely. Uh, I, yeah, I think I think it's why. What are we doing? All right, a what's podcast. Next? Did you just have a moment of clarity? Because that's really going to throw off our rhythm. Princess lessons. Uh, nice. It doesn't go so well. This is a montage. There's a couple of these in the movie. Julie Andrews and, and Hathaway talk about it in the DVD section that this was the most fun that they ever had on set was mm. just them having a really good time doing silly business. She, Anne Hathaway's like, I'm making funny faces next to my grandmother work. Mm. That's so hard to do and not be obnoxious of being like the, 
I'm not paying attention in class kind of kid, making funny faces. Her faces are hilarious. Yeah, so funny. I laughed as well. Like I she went- makes she has such a she is like a Jim Carrey level rubber face uh, th- moment in the background. So she that. spent six months working on them before before they actually got to set. Fuck like yes, the, like she she actually worked on all those faces because she wanted to be able to move her eye. Or actually, it actually wasn't for this. It was for a TV show that she was doing. She was mm. like, my character needed to raise their eyebrows in a very specific way. Mm. So I spent many months, also beautiful theater kid energy, like <laughs> learning how to do it, just forcing my face until I could do it, and then so that's fucking what she paid in this. off. Also, so I love that it makes Charlotte Cutaway laugh. Yes. I love oh, that's that. really Before good. it cuts away. Mm. <laughs> I also love when she's like, a princess never crosses her legs in public and Charlotte is like, <laughs> like it's so that's good. That's really, really good. All of, and, also, and then Anne Hathaway tries to uncross her legs and falls off a chair. Yeah, in, so good. Like how did she make that almost look believable? <laughs> yeah. Back home, Carolyn Goodall has a date. Fortunately, it's not me. It's one of Annie's <laughs> teachers. And then immediately back at school. Uh, Annie, unless we have anything to say about that scene, that's the only thing that's You're important. <laughs> I'm, I just saw that and I was like, that's a shame. All I've got is, yes, Fat Louie's my fave. And then I wrote, who's this little freak? <laughs> Who was that little freak? I have no idea. <laughs> Were you also jealous of her date? No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who, the, who the fuck's this little freak? And he algebra turns out, teacher. He's a nice algebra teacher. Who's that little freak? Well, Annie, we'll figure it out eventually. We find, uh, sorry, yes. Uh, Annie sucks at sport again. Um, hot boy Josh gives her a few pointers as to be- how to be a better soccer goalie. Think like the ball. Think like the ball, but she can't concentrate because he's she's actually imagining smooching. Mm-hmm. Also, she's imagining them doing little kissies. This training session is clearly just vengeance from the gym teacher because what she has done, she has put Anne Hathaway <laughs> in a goal and then had every student kick a ball at her simultaneously. <laughs> this PE teacher wants her to pass PE so bad mm. and Anne Hathaway is failing at every single test she throws at her but then the thing about PE is you don't pass by being like good at the sport necessarily you, you I mean maybe you can get different grades but you can't pass just because you're like you can't stop a ball in goalie land <laughs> what do you think of the hot boy I, mean, I, don't I think, think he's really charming in you, this moment you, only what yeah do you think I think he's him? really so it's it's inter- listening to the DVD commentary and Hathaway was like it was crazy. He rocked up on set and everyone just went nuts because he's just he looks so beautiful. It's it's kind of funny how like he's too beautiful. And I look at him and I'm like, maybe I guess like he's he's striking. the striking two thousand hot boy. The most like yeah, ba- mm. and, and as I say, Backstreet Boys esque like bleached hair, like crispiest can, hair. I've it's interesting. Hair. Yeah, very Aryan. <laughs> he's very of that era hot. Yeah. Very specific time frame. Yeah. So it's good casting and it makes it fun because you're like, and, and whereas he's, you've got the grungier other love interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got the same up. the same vibe as the guy from Starship Troopers of like- Yes. Really, really clean cut, beautiful looks, European looking sort of like, I don't know. He's I will kind say of he looks great now. Like I looked at the actor. Oh, oh I bet. He looks fucking- he, Got a wonderful bone structure. He grew into his looks. Like he's a little bit more rugged. Yeah, I, I think he's- very good in this role. I yeah, he's quite good. He's funny because mm. you, you're kind of like, he, he's just like an idiot at high school would be like a teenage boy. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. And he's like meant to be he's in some dipstick. ways the antagonist in a real, like he's, he's like a villain. Yeah, absolutely. Him and Mandy Moore but, are the real villains of the story. Yeah. yeah. Spoilers. Montage. As Annie is getting changed in the back of the limo, Elizondo drives her to her next lesson. There is a small gay panic joke here. It was 2001, which isn't great, but I, I found it really pulls out of that skid when Hathaway is falling around the limo because of the hills of San Francisco and Elizondo goes, I've never put on pantyhose. 
but it sounds dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I know it is very lightly gay panic, but he seems chill with it. He does seem yeah. chill with it, I which is really, really delivery nice. Was He's like, like, San Francisco is an odd place. I when I bought the shoes, they asked if I wanted to bag them up or wear them out, and it's like either. You thought of that joke on the way here and were just tickled pink to tell uh, me it, or you considered wearing them out. Like, those are the two energies I get from him. There's not one, like, there's not even a little hint of poison in his voice. I wonder how the LGBTQI community goes in Genovia, you know? I'm interested to see that. I think they go off. Someone's written a fact. I think they absolutely go off. I mean, Julie Andrews is their queen. Okay, I'm sorry. It's it's going off. Seems like we've solved that that particular political issue. (laughs) Annie is learning to dance. Elizondo teaches her how to dance, Mm. something that we all aspire for in our lives. I explains that the dance of Genovia is somewhere between a waltz and a tango. Also, it was my first time noticing Elizondo has a little earring yeah. in this movie. Yeah, it's Damn. great. <laughs> also, this is where we first learned that the ball is to celebrate Genovia's independence. Yeah, that's right. Which set off like a lot of questions From in my Spain. head. From whom? You clearly did not have a revolution. Were you once conquered? We don't know that they didn't have a revolution. Well, the queen is still in power. Yeah, but they could be, but you could you could have a revolution and then establish another queen. Like but it then would it wouldn't be, the be independence. It is in, well, it'd be it independence is. from a greater yeah, so yeah. It's monarchy. Like, like you know, the Spanish monarchy took o- took over the Genovian monarchy in the seven hundred BC seven hundred AD or whatever, and then when they were released from that, then they still have a queen. Is it normal for like? countries under monarchies to still celebrate independence because I feel like the only independence day I really ever hear spoken about is the American independence day. Like I, yeah, but that's not the only independence day in the world. Yeah. But I I feel, I I think France has an independence day as well, but it is, I don't know. I just feel like France has a king. No, they don't. They do it. They Uh killed all the Kings. Napoleon killed all the emperors. Get in the comments, history buffs. No, cut it out, uh, me. Oh. <laughs> Shit, you've given him too much power. I don't. I don't know. I was. I, I was curious about it. It sounds like the kind of thing an American think- writer would write about a European, a, a European nation they completely made up. I guess if you overthrow another monarchy and keep it like it's still independence from that. I love that we all have all accepted that <laughs> Genovia was once conquered by Spain as canon. Yeah, absolutely. That's my canon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Annie leaves and Elizondo and Juliander is are left alone together. Mm. There is a shot here, which I think is the sexiest shot in the movie of him just, his finger just- The sexiest just... shot in the Princess Diaries. <laughs> I don't know if there's much competition there, to be honest. Actually, there are. There's, a, there's actually Every a few. single and frame. And if you include Princess Diaries to the royal engagement, I think I think actually there's a couple shots in that that are even sexier. It is also every single shot with Hector Elizondo and Julie Andrews on screen by themselves is This is in the sexiest argument. bit, though, between them. Oh, oh sure. Or the walk-off. But yes. The walk-off is so good. This is the sexiest bit. This is the sexiest bit. Elizondo turns the sexy music back on with a single flick of his finger and leans into Julie Andrews and says, you've been wearing black for too long. Oh, get it. (laughs) They dance together. Sex is alive and well in this wonderful world of ours. I think- I love that scene. I love the way he delivers that line. It makes my heart a flutter. It mm. was like it was genuinely like a Ooh, go off. And I think it's the second sexiest dance that Julie Andrews does in her career. The first one belongs to Captain Von Trapp and Maria. Oh uh, yeah, when they dance, no, that's good stuff. That is that's that hot. is 
of that's hot stuff. Uh, that's hot stuff. But this is pretty good, Hector. You know what? If you're going up against my husband, Captain Von Trapp, like that's a that's tough competition. <laughs> and you came pretty close. So yeah. good job. I, I just wanted to read my notes for that moment directly, which is, oh fuck yeah, Joe, fucking get it. Oh man, he can get it. Our man can get it. <laughs> wow, I'm so surprised that uh, uh, of this conversation, I didn't come out as the horniest. <laughs> You've been wearing black too long, exclamation mark. Fucking go. This is everything I want. This movie goes with its first best thought. Gary Marshall, love close-up magic. Oh, <laughs> okay. I Gary just Marshall say, loves close-up magic. I will just say, though, once again, people uh, obviously experience grief in fast motion in this film because he says you've been wearing black long enough. Her son died two months ago. Yeah, her son did die only two months ago. Her husband died six months ago. But you know what? Some people deal. Get it. Uh, Some people deal with uh, grief in different ways. Yes. And Hector gets it. (laughs) (laughs) Next day is a very exciting day because Larry Miller is back as Paolo. I think Paolo might be one of the greatest (laughs) comedy characters like in the past 30 years. And one of the worst accents. But it's a purposeful. But it's so funny. It's so so funny. I think it's better that it's not. It's not from anywhere. It's sort of just like generic, <laughs> like, what is this accent? Yeah. It is so funny it the way actor, he sounds on screen. Larry I Noir. genuinely, we could have done him as well. because We should do him. He, 10 Things I Hate About You that, as the father yes. is also one of my he's, other favourite comedic performances. And they're so vastly good. different. Also so, in Boston Legal. I said that last yes, time. Yes, you did say that last time. Uh, <laughs> but, I, yeah, we will come back. Larry Miller, you you just wait. We will revisit you. So here, <laughs> also here, he is also, like, very horny for Julie Andrews as well. Oh, absolutely. When he's kissing her hand. Very, very funny character uh, choices. He is the royal stylist, which I think is a great thing to be. Then there is the incredibly famous makeover montage. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite line from this is, you have thick hair, like a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is, um, you broke my glasses. You broke my brush. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, and then, sorry, just to quote this scene, uh, you want to know big secret? The cucumber. Does nothing. <laughs> we made it up. <laughs> he also um, improvised a lot all with of this. this. Not all of it. Like, I'm sure the brush line was written, but like him- no, pulled- the brush line and Hathaway came up with. Oh, fuck yes. I, this scene was very workshopped. Uh, because she was like dealing with her big hair and she's mm. like, to Gary, was like, should we have a brush break? And then that that became Fucking like the brilliant. first kind of uh, thick hair, like a wolf. Um, also, he does feels... a Homer Simpson reaction where he's like, where is the beautiful princess? It's like, oh, like it's so good when he <laughs> yes! sees it. Oh, I forgot. That was fully improvised. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh. It's the most Homer Simpson moment and I loved it. <laughs> he is so fucking good in this movie. Really does steal the movie. It is, yeah, it is it's a scene stealer. Yeah, it is something they talk about a lot in this movie and a lot of Gary Marshall films. And I think especially at this point in his career, more than the overboard kind of 80s version, mm-hmm. but in this point of his career, he'd be like, I need you to arrive with your lines ready. And then as soon as he gets to set, he just throws out the script. Let's go. Like, who is this little freak was about Larry Miller. <laughs> it worked out. I think that's rude. Annie has been made up. I think she looks Great. Does she have a little bit too much eyeshadow in this? Yeah, in this she's makeover? too much of literally every piece of makeup. But it's 2001. <laughs> 2001. It's the most 2001 looking like single shot I've ever seen. Yeah, the yeah, shininess yeah. of her lip gloss alone. Yes. I love the the pictures that they use. Oh, that's so good. Which is like oh, blinking. Okay. 
in Princess Princess Diaries 2, the royal engagement. They do that gag three times because they need to remake her up for her wedding. They do that gag three times. One is um, like Annie as she looks like as the princess and then what she looks like as a bride. Then it does it, I think, with um, Fat Louis and two pictures of Fat Louis and then it opens and then it's Anne Hathaway. And then they do two photos of Larry Miller. And he goes, I am using myself because I'm so confident in this one is going to work. Um, I rule. I actually think I need to watch Princess Diaries 2. You gotta watch Princess Diaries 2, the royal engagement. Stan Lee is in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) He has one line. I have no, so this is something, oh, so this is something that Anne Hathaway, sorry, I'm I'm going crazy. Uh, Something that uh, they talk about in the DVD commentary that there were these things called FOGs, friends of Gary. And in the weather description of the, like the the stage uh, stage manager that the uh, first AD would send out at the uh, end of every day or start of every day, if uh, they would sometimes have it's a very foggy day. And then they'd be like, oh, but it's really sunny outside. And it's no, no, it's because all Gary's friends are coming down to be in the movie. Like Paul Williams, the guy from Phantom of the Paradise, who's that big composer. Uh, he's there for like one scene. There's like an improv troupe that's in this, uh, that are her friends at the uh, dinner table scene. They're just like an improv troupe that's friends with Gary. That's what they felt like. Absolutely. When they because she eats the mint thing and mm. then like, and then that's like an improv troupe so that is good. like doing it with her. I... Really like this movie. I <laughs> do so too. And I, I'm realizing that I really love Gary Marshall. <laughs> yeah, throw a party as a movie. You're yeah. absolutely right. Michael and Lily Muscovitz are there to get a ride in the limo, but on seeing Anne Hathaway's new straight hair, they are both struck dumb. Michael can't even talk. I think that's such a good, I think he plays that moment really, really well. Yeah. Uh, Robert Schwartzman. Uh, Lily then makes ha- and Hathaway. I love that line though. You should sue. Yes. It's so funny. You look ridiculous. <laughs> you should sue. <laughs> Lily makes Hathaway cry a single tear by being very rude. That is eight at 18 years old, just being able to be like single tear it out. That is in that, that that's powerful. In that context as well. Yeah. It's not really a deep emotional scene where you've got a lot working for you. It's just like, like I'm just hurt. Like yeah. I, my friend just hurt me a little Good bit. shit. And then apparently during that scene, uh, uh, Heather Matarazzo would keep like checking in with her and being like, I'm being so rude to you. Are you okay? Apparently they were really good friends for a yeah. very long time. I'm, I'm not sure if they're still friends, but Probably. I think uh, they should be. Hector also says that line where he's like, mm. um, you, you're in charge of if people make you feel I fucked that. Whatever the line is, it's a really good line. Yeah, he gives her yeah. kind of encouragement because he notices through the revision mirror that she's crying. And then he's he has a real father figure esque role in this yeah. moment. And she says, uh, "Oh, Helena Roosevelt, Roosevelt said that." And he says, "Another special lady like yourself." Mm. And that was the one that made me go. Bleh. After so, uh, Annie and 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 Matarazzo continue to kind of fight through the day, but after they have a big argument. Annie tells her her secret that she is the princess of Genovia. Yes, Seamus. The framing of this scene is bananas. Which one is this? This is is where Anne Hathaway walks behind a tree too early and then half of this scene is her talking behind a tree to Heather uh, for like a minute. Yeah, because she whispers a secret to her. She does, but- that, yeah, happens that does make sense. That makes sense. It happens she walks so behind the early tree in the to shot. Tell her the to secret. tell her the secret. No, and then she she's jumps walking. Out. The, she, she hits the tree too early in the conversation because she's just framed behind a tree for about a minute. It's such a weird sequence. It really threw me out. Of course it did. Pop quiz. Mia is forced to take off her hat so everyone can now see her new hair. They 
make fun of her, I guess. Seems like, like a bizarre... Like, trying to fit in. Lucas trying to change fit in. in high school I know, I, I, no, yeah, that's, you're that's right. actually yeah. very realistic. I, I wrote, girls really can just be so mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Lily stands up for her with the very intense line, Voltaire, hair. I personally would like to learn about Voltaire. The <laughs> French is, Revolution. It is um, so weird. <laughs> more lessons. We're back learning how to be a princess. Annie's reading books. Elizondo's pretending to drive a car as they as Julie Andrews <laughs> and they practice waving. That's such a magical moment. And then he gets a call and he's like, oh, I actually, I have to go pick up the prime minister. And they're like, goodbye. Yeah, it's so good. Oh no, it's thank you. <laughs> yes. also, yeah, 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 it's so good. This is where I bring up Hector's driving. I think he's excellent in ev- at acting in every way except yeah. miming driving because he drives like a toddler because he constantly <laughs> has the wheel going like up and down. And I think it's because he lived in New York his entire life. I don't think Hector Elizondo has a license. No. Do you want to bet? <laughs> Uh, I will uh, no no uh, I've lost also, too many bets. <laughs> I just don't think that Joe really knows how to mime act, and that's okay. No, well, yeah, I think, the, I think that's Gary Marshall being like, "Hey, do something with your hands." But that's <laughs> also in the film when he's driving. When he's actually driving, if you watch, that's also how he drives. Oh, it's really, it's that. really funny because he's doing the toddler pretending to drive. Also, when he's driving the limo. Mm. Do I think that Hector Elizondo has his driver's license? He mm-hmm. almost certainly he has, has his lived in LA license. for like thirty years. You have to have your driver's license in LA. You actually have to. Uh, I mean, uh, by, by the time he moved there, he was a fairly successful actor already. Maybe he was being driven. He was no, because that was like American when Gigolo. He was in the in- when he was doing the interview he uh, for Shades of Grey, he specifically said, in the olden days, I would have taken a car, not driven a car. Yeah, but- so I would yeah, have taken a car. Yeah, but that was ages ago. This Interesting. Is, yeah. Shades of Grey was an interview in like 2000s. It's true. It's like post-Chicago Hope. Oh, true, true, true. Mm. Annie and her mum reconnect by throwing darts at some water balloons filled with paint. Looks fun. Looks fun. Uh, Michael then asks Amelia out on a date. Music, cars, pizza. Interesting. M&M's, you forgot. Uh, does mm-hmm. he say m Yeah, he says M&M's in that. And M&M's yeah. and then she says, and pizza. pizza. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, sorry. That is so important. <laughs> it is. Uh, no, it is. It is important. It's- I'm sorry. I'm being <laughs> facetious. But as he's asking Mia out on a date, she immediately gets swamped by paparazzi. Her secret has gotten out. Sandra O oh shows her a newspaper with the whole story. Uh, and then Sandra O oh realizes that the queen is coming to Grove High School, which I think is so, so good. Sandra we also have oh Mandy is so Moore and the mean this. girls, you know, jumping in front of the camera trying to get the attention of, which is always a good gag. Pretend, good pretending to as if they Be were best friends. friends. They're like, yeah, oh, yeah, we, we're, we've always known each other. We love each other. And it turns out <laughs> this is maybe my favorite gag in the movie. It turns out the person who released, <laughs> yeah. released the information to the press is Larry Miller, is Paolo, because he was so proud of the work that he <laughs> Did? His name is also revealed at this point to be Paolo Putinesca, <laughs> which I am sure Larry Miller made up on the spot. I uh, love that bit where he just his response is just like, I'm a genius. Like, <laughs> my work needs to be seen. Oh, and there's the mo- great little uh, little comedy beat he does with Hector Elizondo where he keeps trying to step forward and then Elizondo kind of grabs him and he says, grazie, and then Elizondo goes, prego. <laughs> and he does it like I three times. I didn't notice that. <laughs> That's, That's so good. So good. Ah, 
movie rocks. Sandra Oh, I think, is also wonderful in this scene. Julie Andrews comes to the school. They, so have, a, they have a conversation about what's going to happen with Mia now that she is outed as the princess. And she she like whispers, I'm the vice principal yes. off screen. <laughs> well, also, who's the principal? Why is she not here? We, ne- we never see the principal. Very fun. We cut to kind of the most important shot of this miniseries, <laughs> I think, which is Hector Elizondo playing hoops in the rain. <laughs> That's how him and Gary Marshall met. I know. And I was like, the only reason this is in there is because they met and he would, they played basketball together and the only people that would know that is us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only people who care are me. And also it doesn't seem in character for the security guy. He's just but there. But it's so good. It's, it's so he's like good. holding an umbrella and like clumsily doing layups. He doesn't miss once. Yeah, and neither does Anne Hathaway later. No, Anne Hathaway and misses. No, Heather. Heather doesn't miss just once. Oh, that's saying, right. That's right. She is incredible at basketball. She's a baller. Here's the thing about the, both of these sequences: it's not important to the scene no, that they just, get it in. It's just no, not important to the scene that they get it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. like. You're not doing three shots to make sure that happens. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So it's just them nailing it. Hector. Is this the same Hector Hooper Zonda? Yes. Lily comes. Is the Viggo Mortensen breaking his toe (laughs) of the Princess Diaries. Did you know that Anne Hathaway actually slipped on the bleachers? Had a laugh and then continued the scene. Continued, stayed in the scene. I and I went back to check because I was like, there's the moment where Elizondo kind of realizes and mm. runs, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if they were filming it, to, but I don't. Or just went back case. and put it in. I'm, sh- I'm sure Gary it. looked at that sequence, had it happen naturally, and was like, we need a, rever- a new yeah. reverse on Hector, which is just so. It's just, so, I mean, it's really and good character bit of him just like immediately running is answered in the now that her secret's out, he's doing security stuff. He's he is back doing security. He's, yeah. he's a security. So he's the head go. of security. You're here. right. You idiot. I'm a stupid <laughs> little boy. Lily comes to find them and he falls on the bleachers. We're just getting further and further back. (laughs) 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 Oh, no. Bring it forward. There we go. Is that better? Yes. Yes. Elizondo is fatherly to the princess, teaches her the entrance. This is, which I actually think is a good cut of like, uh, her her hand trailing down the oh, pole and then it match cuts to her hand trailing down the kind of banister into the big royal dinner or whatever it a, is. A really good cut, but I do need to, sorry, just yeah, jump back for a, a one-liner in this uh, sequence. This episode that, is going to be three hours long. It's so long. <laughs> it's fine. Um, it's just at the top of the bo- basketball scene, there's a one-liner in the middle of it, which is just over the announcing thing, like what are the, the school announcement like the PA? PA. Yeah, which is a, jo- a joke style I really enjoy. Yeah. And it's just, will the feng, sh- uh, will the feng shui class Club, please stop rearranging the garden furniture. <laughs> yeah, they, actually, the school a, announcements are good. They continue. So that is a good funny. Charlotte cutaway gag. You know, what? Yeah. <laughs> that is a good like. That's good stuff. Cut forward in time to the state dinner, where Annie is wearing a blue dress with a collar that I think is a bad look. It is something that I was thinking about a lot in terms of the fits. Obviously, Annie doesn't get as many fits as Julia Roberts does in Pretty Woman. Mm. But I don't think the fits are that good in this movie. Well, they're not. I, I, all like of they're, the jewelry. When are the when are royal dinners and stuff? I have to wear like boring shit. That's a good point. I think That's all a good the point. Julie Andrew fits are pretty good. I just yeah, don't they're think great. The Hathaway but, and they're fits are all great. like Valentino and uh, Armani and like they're they're all. But I think Anne Hathaway stuff is all built, and I'm like I'm actually not super thrilled by the dress. Actually, I I'll agree with the dresses. I love her at home fits. Oh yeah, all which of her like, comfy clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah fucking yeah. great. It's a good school uniform as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sure. Okay. No, I mean, like, <laughs> it's good to know, have an a anime reference. School uniform. Like I think they're they're you know usually they're hard to do well. Yeah. They have the state dinner. We are introduced to a uh, 
Sackville Baggins-like family who want to own Genovia. There's these two like, married couple who keep being like, and soon we'll be able to grab all the gold. And, and you're like, okay. They never have any like impact on the plot whatsoever. They're never actually bad guys. Uh, they're just also there. Annie is at uh, this dinner. She lights a man on fire. <laughs> Mm. Uh, has some slightly too cold ice cream and drips, uh, trips over a drunk guy. I think that's in the wrong order <laughs> because the escalating thing should be she has the mint ice cream, then she trips over a drunk guy, and then she lights a man on fire. I think it's very funny that they start with her being like accidentally just fully lighting a guy on fire. This feels like it was fully the improv troupe just going off. Yeah, I absolutely. I love when the when the two people when the prime minister and the prime minister's wife are like oh she's having a brain freeze we must do as the princess does yeah that's the improv it's those two they're the improv troops yeah, yeah sorry, obviously um, and it's the way they are copying Anne Hathaway <laughs> is so fucking funny I I also don't know how they got through that scene without breaking. Yeah, also, yeah. trivia, uh, I think that when his sleeve caught on fire, it was meant to go out when she hit it, and it didn't, so she mm. threw the water on him because she panicked. Oh, so wow. So they kept that. Yeah. She wasn't meant to throw water entirely. That's it was awesome. meant to go out, like she patted it And, down. of course, more trivia, the little ding, ding, ding on the glass <laughs> and the glass breaks. This is where it happens, where we have the same waiter from Pretty Woman lean in as he clears the glass and goes, don't worry, it happens all the time. Yes, The absolutely. glass shattering makes me laugh every time. It's so funny. Just shoot <laughs> her face like... I love it. Yeah, you it's know, good shit. That was going to be so dumb. You know, Anne Hathaway actually cut her hand in that scene, and she kept going. <laughs> anyway, um, um, not a great bit for me. Let's be honest. So I also, I also love that the 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 prime minister of Japan's whole game in that scene is that he's a bit sad and grumpy, but then when the drunk guy falls over, he's the first person to laugh. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good. Because as soon as you see like the you know the Japanese prime minister, you're like, oh, oh like where's this gonna go? And then it's just like he's just a bit of a grump, but he yeah. finds people falling over funny. Yeah, and <laughs> it's great. To like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, that that sequence. Yeah, it is. It is the thing of like this movie's not. Problematic. No. It is, this movie just kind of just nice. Along. Just first thought, best thought, silly jokes. Annie feels the next day, she feels like she's really screwed up the dinner, but Julie Andrews is like, ah, it was kind of funny actually. Like nothing really went wrong. There's no conflict. God, Gary, I love you so much. Mm-hmm. They cancel lessons for the day. And they just have some fun. Because she's sad. Yeah. She can she's sad. Really Julie yeah. Andrews love- kind of recognizes that in her. And then they go out on the town. Julie's saying, let's just have some fun actually made me cry. They drive around in Annie's Mustang. Uh, I think Julie Andrews is so good in this whole kind of sequence of her being uncomfortable and then getting into it. She does it like three or four times. They do an arm wrestling machine where she's like, oh, I could never even touch it. And then by the end of it, she's like, ah. Julie Andrews squaring up to that guy. Yes. That imaginary man is Absolutely fantastic. Two great Julie Andrew lines that I just can't skip over is mm-hmm. when Anne Hathaway asks if she has any change. She says, no, it's inappropriate for the royalty to jingle. <laughs> yes. And then the other one is, um, it looks like Hector's cousin from Liechtenstein, <laughs> which is just a great line. They get their photo together, which is very sweet. And mm. they talk about Annie's dad and the decision he made to not be involved in Annie's life. Julie Andrew's saying it was the hardest decision he's ever made, that he had to make it for the good of the people. He decided that his love for his daughter could be taken and uh, uh, shown for his love of his country and the whole whole peoples of Genovia. Julie Andrews deserved an Oscar for that performance. Absolutely. Heartbreaking. Is this the corndog bit? Yes. Okay, yes. I love her reaction to that. She's like, delicious. And then I was like, let's get another one on her face being like, 
I'm going to shit like, myself. Oh, I didn't like it. Like, <laughs> it was a lie. Bad. She's like, oh, God. I'm going to shit my royal I'm pants. Trying to be supportive. Um, they drive up the hill in San Francisco. That's that hill from Bullet, if you guys have seen that. And then no. they are trying to get up it and then they crash into a tram. That's like one of my biggest fears is rolling down a hill in a car. Okay. Yeah, so this movie this is actually a genuinely terrifying moment. Into a fucking tram? Absolutely not. Nightmare-inducing okay. stuff. No one's hurt whatsoever. The yeah, thing about going backwards in a scared. car is that it's largely quite slow. <laughs> not down a hill. Not down a hill like that. But you have brakes. She did. Didn't. Use the brake. That's she true. pulled it out. Her, her the emergency brake pulled out. You're right. You're right. That is the most scary. That could have been so that, much worse for them. You're right. Lincoln. That's the scariest thing in <laughs> the world. It's the scariest <laughs> thing in the Princess Diaries. <laughs> They're in trouble from the police, and this will not play well in the media. But Julie Andrews gets them out of this strife by making the cop and the tram engineers Knights of Genovia, <laughs> Masters of the Order of the Rose. Uh, <laughs> this is the wonderful like combination of lines where the guys are like, you know, chivalry ain't dead, you know, and Julie Andrews is like, all right, goodbye, trolley people. <laughs> Good, also, so. them coming back in the last scene so where she looks good. over and they're smiling and, like, like, and oh. they're wearing like, like they're actually invited <laughs> and then this whole thing where she's Which, actually bestowed them something. <laughs> Which means, yeah, at some point she's going to have to be like lean over to Hector and be like, I need you to establish an order of the rose as soon as we get home. Otherwise, there's going to be a very upset policeman. <laughs> Look, so does that maybe talk about how maybe royalty shouldn't have the power to just uh, captains call things into existing and maybe there should be some checks and balances. Absolutely. But Julie Andrews is allowed. And the cops are really adorable. <laughs> well, it's a cop and a tram engineer a as well. A tram which engineer. At school, Annie signs a bunch of kids' backpacks. Now that she's famous, she gets hit on by hot boy Josh, who invites her to a beach party. He leaves that scene by saying... See you on the waves, which is a cool thing to say. Good stuff. <laughs> and then he touches the waist of a girl walking past him on his way out. <laughs> Does what he? Which I was guy. so weirded out by. But I, I was like, I didn't I guess even notice that. I think he like half runs into her, but the way he. Or like grabs her. It's kind of good. He does that like gross hospo dude yeah, thing yeah, of like yeah. grabbing people's hips as they move past. Yeah. Uh, yucky. But Michael sees this and he's jealous. He's kind of discovering his feelings as we go along. He didn't know that he felt this way about her. But Until mm. the engineer was and like at that scene before when he offered to do free work for her and he yeah. was like, really? <laughs> Dr. Motors. And then the the song that plays underneath that moment is <laughs> has the opening lyrics, too many feelings, emotions running away from me. <laughs> Annie and her mother talk about a foot-popping kiss, a very important uh, thing for the 2000s in totality. For uh, me. She thinks that's going to happen with Josh. We'll see about that. Beach party. Music sequence with the popular girls from school. Oh, uh, also, she blows off the other guy to go on this date. That's right. Yeah. And yes, she, she has also previously double. she's triple booked herself, has old mate Mia. Yes. Because she's, she's supposed a, to be on Lily Moskowitz's talk show. She's supposed to be on a date with Michael and she's supposed to be at the beach party. Yeah, look, she's got a lot going on, but she does, you know, she should have wrote that down in her princess diary. That's, uh, that's well, if she, if she had opened the red book <laughs> that she's already been given, then she would actually know. She would be able to keep track of these things. Yeah. Also, it's not a princess calendar. It's a princess diary. <laughs> uh -huh. Princess diaries you write uh, retrospectively. <laughs> Lincoln wants the sequel called The Princess, princess calendar. calendar that's really boring and about organisation. <laughs> scheduling. <laughs> it's the princess Microsoft Excel strip. Wow. Okay. Well, now we're talking. Now we're absolutely up my alley. Okay. There's a musical sequence with Mandy Moore and the popular girls from school. This movie will just stop for 30 to 45 seconds and be like, what do you think about this? This is fun, isn't it? I Mandy Moore though. can sing. Yeah. She sure can. She sure can. Wonderful voice. Her first film role is this and she was a pop yeah, right. star. So she's a pop star. Uh, my favorite Mandy Moore song is that song Candy, which is a fucking lit 
I don't think I'm it... waiting for you. I'm missing you like oh. candy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, banger. Banger. But this song, I just love the squeak on um, Stupid Cupid. You know, it's, I, I, I did not remember Cupid? this movie. I remember mm, that yeah, yeah. vividly. Yeah. Stop picking on me. So good. Um, uh, yeah. Also, I think that is so good is Annie takes a ride on Josh's boat, which is called the Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Naming. That is also, yeah, I'm now, now that you've said first thought, best thought, it's Gary Marshall being on the day being like, ah, what do we got here? What do we got here? What's your name? Josh. The Joshes, your boat. <laughs> it's also really in character for that guy to name his boat yeah. after himself. It's so, good. It's so good. So good. I like good. that he's walking with her and he's like, oh, I'm so shocked you didn't find that scary. Like most girls I take on there are really scared. You can tell Mia clearly was scared. And she's like, yeah, like you can tell that she's really like. Yeah. Try to pretend to be. It's a boat. Yeah. <laughs> so Lily does her talk show cable show that she's been doing. Uh, she, she's talking, been talking about a lot that I haven't mentioned. mentioned. But Anne is not going to make it to the talk show because she's hanging out with Josh. She forgot to tell her. She forgot to tell her. So instead, Lily Muscovitz has a magician who has <laughs> red hair who does close-up magic. I think he does an hour long close-up magic set. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. He does. Uh, they're, waiting, they're trying to wait until Mia yeah. turns up. Yeah. They, he is also all the way through this movie and he is kind of one of my favourite characters. His name's Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. He clearly knew how to do magic and spoke to <laughs> Gary Marshall about that. This The role was written for him by Gary Marshall because he liked him in the audition. Awesome. A helicopter paparazzi finds them and Annie and Josh run off to a beach shack. He tries to kiss her, but she's like, it's not romantic. I don't like this. She tries to pop her leg and it's caught she, in a fish, yes, she fish net. She tries to pop her leg. Their helicopter leaves, so they think they're safe. But as soon as they leave the shack, again, they're attacked all on all sides by paparazzi. And Josh, very, very rudely and badly, forces a kiss on her. Mm. Then she's, sorry. One of those paparazzi is fucking Hank Azaria again. Is it? I swear oh, to I God, I couldn't, I couldn't find it because he's not credited in it. But that is... Hank Azaria, I paused that, on it. Must, he must just be an FOG. Yeah, he's, he's just a, a guy. He's that the will one who's up. got the camera with all the fucking ferns on the front of it. Yeah, that's Hank, and he doesn't have a line, which is why I don't Maybe think I noticed it initially. And also, I think like a lot of people weren't actually credited. Yeah, for yeah, their, yeah. For their roles, they're just like, ah, we just showed up on the day, and ah, we're doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I that like is... the ADR paparazzi line, and when she hits him, someone goes, "Hit him again." <laughs> it's <laughs> good stuff. Yes, she runs away and then is bullied by Mandy Moore. Uh, not very nice. They basically reveal her changing in a changing room. That Which is, is so fucked She's 15 up. years old. So hectic. And yeah. Like this is one thing that's aged particularly. Like, I think when I watched that when I was younger, I was like, this seems like a perfectly normal thing that people would do, photograph 15-year-olds getting changed on a beach. Crazy. And now I'm like watching it as an adult. What? The paparazzi need to be arrested. I mean, I think they would have. Paparazzi in general. Not very good. I think that's yeah. bad. Yeah, and like, that's a bad job. In two thousands, it does it does in the con like the mental space that we're the cultural space of the two thousands. It feels a lot less ridiculous. Mm. Like some of the shit that fucking happened to like pop stars of the era. The photos that came out of young uh, that came out of these young young women uh, and were published all over the world should be illegal. Like people should be in jail for some of that shit. Yeah. The, yeah. This beach party sucks. It's uh, but, a bummer. But the sports coach is there, which is kind of really, really Why nice. is she there? She's just, she's, she's partying, <laughs> I guess. But she looks after her. Yeah. Well, who then looks after her, which I think oh, is Oh yeah. Nice. I didn't notice. Why is she there? Yeah. She's partying. I dude. just accepted her. Was I was it like, a oh, school good. sanctioned event? It can't be a school sanctioned event. I it think she be? was just also surfing at the beach or something. It's like a beach bash. Mm. It could be like a school event. 
Carolyn Goodall comforts her daughter. Annie has embarrassed the family. She doesn't want to be princess anymore. And Julie Andrews is for the first time actually being like, you've actually fucked up here. You mm-hmm. shouldn't have done that. The frame, the fact that she framed the pick from the carnival made me cry as well. <laughs> Julie yeah. Andrews made me cry a lot. Oh, that, yeah. That little um, Charlotte cutaway to just the portrait of them um, yeah, together yeah, yeah. at the, at the at, and really, Anne, really nice. uh, Anne, Anne notices it. Mm. Like that's the thing that got me. It doesn't say anything. Elizondo comes in, tells Julie that Annie is only fifteen, and she's like, "Are you tell like are you are you telling me that as as your queen?" And he says, "No, I'm saying that as a grandmother, you may have been too harsh on your granddaughter." Which is really nice. I also love how respectful he is there. Yeah. Like a, a, a lesser movie would have been like, "Frankly, I thought you were being a bit of a bitch." Yeah, like yeah, there would yeah. have been a joke there about Hector like really coming for Julie Andrews, mm. but it, he's like so respectful of her in that sequence that makes you just believe the love all the more. I yeah. also like the comforting between the mother and Anne Hathaway. It's um, given weight. It, it's good because she she says like, you're allowed to be upset and cry basically. You've yeah. been yeah. hurt. This is like a hurtful yeah, thing. Yeah, my mother told me I had to be strong, but yeah. you can cry as long as you need. Fucking beautiful. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much stuff here about, you know, obviously not my experience, but what it is to be like a young woman. And like, there's kind of, there's kind of some, it's just like lovely and obviously it's sanitized and all of that stuff. Mm. But there is just some, something that kind of doesn't, you don't get very much anymore in modern media. I mean, obviously well, Barbie is the kind of the big one that just came right. out. But it's not it's not something that's explored as much. Of just like, intergenerational women support as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of beautiful to see. Backstreet Boys play and we're <laughs> back in school. Lily is furious with Annie. They're playing basketball. Not and yeah, I, well, I wrote nothing but net from Heather Matarazzo. Uh mm. and this this is the bit, bit where they fight, and Heather says, You being a princess is kind of a miracle you have like the power to affect change uh, and they are friends again. Mm. Then we cut to a baseball scene and he hits a baseball good straight into Josh's balls. Good bit. This, created, <laughs> yep. this is when feminism started. This I, believe. Is, I believe that's actually, yeah, that's the, that's moment. the moment. That's the moment yeah. that feminism began. You got to be good at sport to be whole is Gary Marshall's. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. I was, I was like, it's very interesting that she needs to hit a home run or whatever, yeah. in order to pass PE. Like that feels like that That's shouldn't be the truth. A lot rubric. of failing marks at you. <laughs> but also, um, I love the last line before he gets hit in the balls is for some reason him telling someone their pepperoni, his pizza order. Yes. There's a whole weird bit about a kid who will not get off the phone with his mum. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, uh, she's, there's no way she's going to hit it yeah, well. Yeah, so they like disignore yeah, her. Yeah, he's like, ah, get me a pizza. <laughs> <She's> pepperoni. <invisible. laughs> I don't know. That really uh, tickled me. Michael then that night visits Annie at her house, explains that he's fixed up her car. This whole scene is just him being like, I actually don't care about you anymore. Uh, like, you know, he's, just give me the money and I'll, I'll be on my way. I think Schwartzman is kind of good in this scene. And this is when I wrote, he's he's really got that weird Coppler thing going yeah. on. The, the Cage, Jason Schwartzman and Robert Schwartzman, or Robert Cage, uh, really kind of, they've got this similar kind of couple of energy thing yeah. that kind of is, re- I think. The quiet just, off kilterness Just plays well on screen, you know? Mm. Yeah, it I, just does. I mean, this is his only film credit, right? Didn't do anything ever again. He's No, he's done a few bits and bobs, He's, I believe. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe I think he's, he's a musician. So he, yeah, and his right. band did quite well. That's why he didn't appear in the other one. I think his band is in this movie as well. Yeah, yeah yes. He, his band does play in this movie. And, they're uh, playing at the garage. Yeah, he's been yeah he's been in stuff. He's done a lot of stuff that he's directed. He's in the Virgin Suicides. That's obviously before this. 
smears in stuff, but not. But not. not he didn't crazy. really pursue acting. He said so. it was certainly not his main pursuit. Mm. Annie invites uh, him, Michael, to the Genovian annual ball. After the bully girls bully Jeremiah, this is the next day. Annie stands up for him and hits Mandy Moore with ice cream. Speaking of which, yes, Jeremiah, I do want to see a trick. Yeah, of course you do. I love you. Uh, also, can we just talk about the Ben Batgirl? Actually, like when Anne Hathaway turns up to school the day after, this mm. is a bit like the day after the beach scandal, people are like bullying her. Mm. And the girl is in a bendback and insults her. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, why? Like, I just feel sorry for this actor who told Gary Marshall that she was flexible. <laughs> yeah. Because my- she just ends up upside down the yeah, entire film. That's like, that's film. like four hours, of, like a, a, you yeah. know, a shoot of four hours before we move on to the next scene. You're going to be in a bendback for that entire time. 100%. Yeah. My, note from, like <laughs> my note from that was the girl from The Exorcist is a very mean <laughs> high school cheerleader. <laughs> Julie Andrews gives Annie a present, a big red book from her father. I think you would make a very fine princess, Oof. Julie Andrews says. Explains that being a princess is a real job. My one problem with this movie, being a princess is not a real job. Well, here's the thing. That's part of the confusing rules of the Genovian head of state. She may be in charge of taxes, as yeah, far I, well, as I, I think, can tell. I think, well, there there is a prime minister, so maybe there not taxes. Minister, but she's like... It but seems like the Genovian queen has a lot on their plate. Yeah, I think it's much more than like the Queen of England or whatever, where it's yeah. largely just a figurehead. I think like the queen is like, like in all the like, times when- Like Queen Amidala from Star Wars. Sure, sure. But but you actually need to like reference- Yeah, that's that's actually exactly right. Yeah. It's like the Senate is important, mm. but the person who really makes the decisions is the queen. Yeah. Which is like a very old school kind of concept. Yeah, like a, like a Roman Caesar. Yeah, sure. Hector Elizondo then talks to Mr. Robitussin, like the scene in Heat where Al Pacino finally meets Bobby De Niro, two titans finally (laughs) face-to-face. Julie Andrews asks Annie to make a speech to tell the press that she's not becoming a princess. Sure. She opens up the book her dad sent her, a letter falls out that she doesn't see, and she starts packing. We cut to Hector Elizondo hearing that everyone... Oh, yeah, so this is a little bit confusing because we're cutting between uh, Annie finding this letter, or not mm. finding this letter, and Hector Elizondo realising that, oh, she's actually not coming to the ball. She's actually going to try and run away instead. So Hector Elizondo hears that everyone thought that someone else was picking yeah. picking Annie up. So she's lied to everyone, so he needs to go find her. There's a great like uh, punch zoom into his face, and he goes, she's going to run. And then yeah. he runs out of shot. Really, really nice. Annie discovers the letter. It's from her dad. The Red Book is a diary, a princess diary, if you will. At the ball, the the mayor of San Francisco is is here. That's yeah. the real mayor of San Francisco, which yeah. <laughs> is really, really it's fun. Like, uh, um, and he, he just like bangs straight into camera, goes, it never comes down on Willie Brown, which I'm assuming was his campaign <laughs> slogan. Uh, by the way, the person who plays uh, Anne Hathaway's father, I mentioned earlier, yeah. René Aubergenois, I think is how you pronounce his I name. I think you've crushed that in one. Uh, thank you. Uh, he's a wonderful, he's a wonderful actor. He is in a ton of stuff. He's in a, does a lot of voice acting. And he is, of course, as I say all the time, is in Boston Legal as Paul <laughs> Lewiston. And he's fantastic. Also, the actor that plays Anne Hathaway's dad in the photograph is just Anne Hathaway's real dad. Yeah, yeah. that's just her dad. Two different actors. So basically that letter is him being, like, what does he say in that letter? He's like, I think you'll be great. Uh, and <laughs> I'm those, really sorry that I wasn't around more. Yeah, those who are too. Uh, I loved your mum and Soz. Yeah, yeah, I loved your mum. <laughs> but I, I had I had to take on this responsibility. Yeah, and I hope that you can see the value in. And then I, I presumably 
Died of testicular cancer. Genovia, Genovia. <laughs> Genovia. <laughs> Why is it the Canadian National Anthem? <laughs> uh, Annie reads this letter. She starts crying. The music is swelling. She does want to go to the ball, but there's a storm. So it is so funny. Obviously, we kind of, I haven't been bringing it up as we've been going through. So much of this movie is just pretty woman, but young. Mm. Uh, and it, it is yeah. it is so funny that he was like, and even down to the storm, which was so obvious in Pretty Woman and a little bit on the nose, also happens here. I like it better in this. But sure. Oh, really? What the, a surprise. No, even like the storm actually <laughs> plays a role in the... In Pretty Woman, it's just like there's a storm coming yeah, and that means so that Richard Gere can have a umbrella. In this, the storm actually fucks people up quite a bit. The car is fucked up and Hathaway arrives wet. It feels more part of the story. Yeah. Absolutely. Her lying in the car singing, catch a falling star <laughs> is so good. I love it. She's just so sad. And I'm she invisible looks so uncomfortable. and wet. Yeah. But it's, so the same, yeah, it's the same shot. From Pretty Woman when Julie Andrew, uh, so when Julia Roberts is in the back of the thing and is the song's playing. Yeah. Uh, Elizondo then threatens Robitussin with where Annie went. This is a reference to an earlier conversation where Robitussin is like, are you a, are you a, uh, I, I wrote a story about a spy. Uh, like uh, it, was, it was very much like you. And Elizondo goes, well, I'm not a spy. And he goes, that's exactly what the character in my story would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, then Elizondo comes back, threatens Robitussin, mm -hmm. kind of confirming that he's a spy, uh, and then he chases after her. And he also is, threatening. He's really threatening he's in that so moment. So threatening. So we're like, bringing back all of good. this. Mm. This, this uh, basically picks him up. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's great. Also, it, for some reason, Mr. Robitussin starts that scene not wearing pants. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird because it's nighttime. Why did he open he's the bed? Why did he put a shirt on first? Open the door as if you wouldn't do that. That's something you would do in a heartbeat. You're like, oh, my Uber Eats is here. You put on a dressing gown and half a shirt and then you walk down and you're still in your underpants and full shoes. That's something that would happen to you. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. <laughs> you said today, you looked at me today and you're like, oh boy, it's a bit hot out. It's a bad day to be wearing pants. That's a real thing you said to me like several hours ago. You would not be wearing pants if we swapped seats. <laughs> The only reason you're wearing pants is because your legs are on screen exactly. right now. You're right here, no pants. Oh, boy. Uh, not since the Donnie Darko episode has a crown <laughs> fallen so hard from my head. <laughs> Annie is trying to drive her Ford Mustang, but it keeps stalling. It's exactly like the Lotus Esprit from Pretty Woman. It's exactly the same rhythms. Then it looks like all is lost. Looks like she's not going to make it to the ball. But Hector Elizondo arrives in a limousine. Carriage. He is the hero. He has the carriage. He, he is has so the very theme music, yeah. which is a da 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 And then it stops as soon as that's played. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so funny. That's such a funny cut that yeah. it is just a gag cut. It's just yeah. a gag cut of the limo coming in and then, like, the charge of the uh, light brigade or whatever that is cut, plays for 30 <laughs> seconds and then a different pop song comes on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, like, she closes the door and then it goes, like, yes, Club yeah. or something like she that. She also gets in the front seat this time, which is a weird choice. Oh, that's, she's, she's learning. She's taking charge. She's taking charge. Well, she's being an adult. Front passenger seat, but hey, yeah. She's taking charge. <laughs> Annie arrives at the ball finally, but uh, she is all wet and, oh, my God, she has to make a speech that she doesn't have prepared, but this time she does a good job. She's great. She's so, so good. Being a princess is about being selfless. This movie, I think, is about growing up and finding out that you're not the center of the universe. Yes. 
Except I think she that's is, really, really because she's but, a princess. But it's it's about being, but it, like her, her being princess is about being selfless. That's totally. what she learns. Is totally. that being a princess isn't being isn't mm. all of the waving and all the stuff. It's mm-hmm. about giving back to people. Absolutely, you're completely yeah. correct. Which is not true in real life, but is great in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> which is why the the abstraction of the like absurdity of Genovia is why this movie works so well. Exactly. Did anyone else think Genovia was real for a long time? Because I <laughs> certainly did. <laughs> I, I don't think a I can time. recall yeah, when, when I found. When did you find out? Honestly, like a while into my life. (laughs) I was probably like 15 or 16. I feel like I was probably calling it the Genova Convention for a while. The Genovia Convention? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's weird. And Hathaway famously in her audition. Did we we talk about this before or was this a different thing? You having a stroke? (laughs) We talked about her falling off the chair. No, she she called Genovia Geneva in her her audition. Yes, That's good stuff. It's so good that Julie Andrews outlawed torture. Yes. (laughs) What? (laughs) The Geneva of the Geneva Convention. <laughs> <laughs> she decides, sorry, Julie Andrews cut away single tear. Very, very good. I cried. Uh, like ju- granddaughter, like yeah, that's grandmother. Right. <laughs> and also this, this beautiful meta thing of like these two stars at opposite ends of the spectrum that are kind of coming together in this one movie. On Gary the, Marshall, on baby. the Julie Andrews soundstage on her kingdom. On her kingdom. Her throne. Annie decides to become the princess. She gets a tiara. Paolo comes back, thank God, to save the day because he's like, you can't, because she's all wet and bedraggled. And then, like, we spin her around once, basically cartoon style. And then she emerges in a beautiful dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy sings a song about Genovia that <laughs> uh, the Saxville Baggins Genovians steal a vase. Did you guys see yes. that? They come back and they're like, the we're just taking this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Genovian national anthem is the Canadian national anthem, though, right? Did you? No, it's it's slightly Genovia, different. Genovia, our home and native, our land of home. Yeah, is the Can- Canadian national anthem. Yeah, but even the no, no, no. oh Canada, our home and native land. That's very different to Genovia, Genovia. It's very different, completely different. I'm back off. How long have I been shouting for? I feel like it's been <laughs> six hours. I feel like I've been stuck in here for been days. It has been a long time. And he's in a beautiful dress. She dances with, wait a second, Michael? You could have seen this coming. I like how she just gets stuck there in the middle for yeah. ages. <laughs> like ages. Because little... Hector comes in. Like, that, like um <laughs> Does Julie Andrews um, dance, dance with, with the, the prime, prime minister? minister. Yeah, and then Hector comes in. Yeah, but that's after, after. Annie finds yeah. Michael, and it's also a but shot. Like I didn't plan on someone to come and take. <laughs> she like, just she kind just of walks, walks into the center yeah. of the thing. But then, and then the shot, the shot of Michael is like he's not in the shot at the start. It's yeah. just some randoms. It's like Lily, and then some yeah, it's other Lily and Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah. I and thought Jeremiah. maybe Jeremiah was going to have his moment. Maybe he does. And They're then, together now. I know. I know. And All the Ma- magic. And then Michael walks through into the into the thing. Also, uh, in the in the sequel, Lily Muscovitz ends up with like an American general for some reason who like <laughs> runs an, uh, a marching band, and like she likes him because he shouts. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Michael's hair is slicked back in this, and I think he looks kind of good. Um, and then Elizondo, Elizondo taps the prime minister on the shoulder and then dances with Julie Andrews. May I cut in? Hell yeah, you may cut in. Absolutely, you may. Michael and Amelia go outside and kiss. And it is a foot-popping kiss. Mm. Her foot hits a lever. The lever reads Waterworks Inc. That's just good stuff. Waterworks Inc. And it turns on the fountains and the lights around them. 
That's when awesome. Is it, I love that. When has a switch ever been at that height for <laughs> at that the most height, awkward which is height connected to, to both to like... both the the ac- yeah. activating the fountains and also the electricity. So that water and electricity is running right next to yep. each other. <laughs> That's movies for you. That's the movie. That's the movie. The two fountains that Julie Andrews had already had specified when they were walking around the garden. She's like, yes. I want more fountains. Yes, she comes back. This is yeah. This is a movie where literally everything ends. Like everything that is starts. <laughs> what? Everything that is set up wow. finishes. Yes. It completes. Yeah, this is a. This is, yeah, this is yeah. a uh, There's no red herrings a, here. No, it's all a little clockwork little movie. Yeah. of like every little piece little kind bow. of ends up falling into place. And does it all like, you know, Silly. is it all, is it all powerful? Maybe not. Yeah. But opposite of taking a Pelham, in which uh, there is a you know random ring that's ever brought up. There is like so many yeah. red herrings in that film. Yeah. This one, they tie it up. Yeah, I, I absolutely fucking adore it. <laughs> Uh, just some final little thoughts. Everyone, and it ends with a dance party, which just rules. Gary Marshall has a little cameo just dancing across screen, which is really, that. really good. And this is, sorry. Uh, and then uh, Fat Louie has a little tiara as yeah. she's on the plane home. Uh, plane to, to Genovia. Genovia, rather, of course. Mm. Uh, very importantly, again, sorry to talk about Princess. Sorry. Hang on. That's the end of the movie. The Princess Diaries. What do we think? Gary Marshall gets the final, uh, not Gary Marshall, Hector Elizondo gets the final line. He does. Very important note. Because I kept on writing, oh, one hour and 59 minutes, 34 seconds he's out. Oh, and then you get to see Hector Elizondo and Julie Andrews walk into the garden together once Anne Hathaway's done kissing and they're going to go check out those waterworks. They're going to go, hello. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No. no. And then the final moment he's still on the plane and Joe gets name dropped and then the final... Uh, so he actually, the final moment of Hector Elizondo is one hour, 49 minutes and 53 seconds, which is the end of the movie. It's the first one of these where the final moment is on one of our guys. Mm-hmm. Wow. Giving us a glorious, unparalleled one hour and 34 minutes and eight seconds of Hector Elizondo. That is so, so exciting. You know, it's actually quite a long movie. It is. It's, it's like hour fifty-five, hour fifty-nine. Uh, one hour, forty-nine minutes, and fifty-three seconds. Yeah, right. Well, okay, this movie is just. Oh good no, fun. it's actually. No, it's a little bit longer. I think it's hour fifty-five. Oh, it is more than that. Sorry. The cat wearing a tiara was yeah. my favorite moment in cinema history. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's a pretty um, powerful moment. The cat. Like, also, I like this cat. Is just how my cat would be Non-plucked. in any scenario. <laughs> just like doesn't yeah. care. If your cat gained one to two kilos, that's that's what your cat <laughs> and would wasn't be like. terrified of everything around yeah. it. There first, first thought, best thought. Fat Louie gets the crown. Like, oh, that's your that's. Oh, sorry, we're jumping straight to who wins their paycheck this this week. <laughs> oh shit! Yes, and yes, it's Gary Marshall knew that cat needed a tiara for this movie yeah, to be perfect. Absolutely, and that cat gets my. Actually, no, I actually have to give it to Jeremiah. Oh wow, Jeremiah! Jeremiah. I love Jeremiah. He's, you he's just like anime. The close-up magic you just and like the anime hair. hair. Just he's got like anime, anime hair. hair. He's just he just doesn't need to be in the movie, but I'm delighted every time I see him. <laughs> I don't know if that's not earning your paycheck. Patrick John Fluger is is the actor's name. John Patrick Fluger. John Fluger. Uh, I would like to say, in a boring twist, it's Paolo for me. Oh, Larry Miller is Larry just, Miller. Larry it's just Miller he really runs so away with this film. I also good. love when he comes back. They even though he broke an NDA, they still bring him back because he is just so good at he's his so job. He's so good at his job. They're like he's got to come and he's fix so this up. Job. And he turns up, you know, in, in the rainstorm with not with his blow with his dryer, two, with his two like supermodel assistants that give you give you the energy. They probably have guns underneath their blouses. Oh, absolutely, sure. I guess uh, <laughs> don't actually really know what you're talking about, but I'm agreeing just so that things move along smoothly. They're so great. <laughs> Sorry. Briefly going back to Princess Diaries 2, The Royal Engagement, 
uh, Gary Marshall's cameo in that, he is wearing a hat with the letter G for Gary on it. That is so cool. <laughs> that's so baller. Imagine if Alfred Hitchcock was wearing a little hat that just had an H on it. That's awesome. Uh, okay. Would it not be an A? Well, I guess, sorry, you're right. Would, well, because everyone calls him Hitchcock. Everyone calls Gary Marshall Gary Marshall. No one's like the director Marshall. <laughs> oh, um, no, you're you right. Got their paycheck. Carolyn Goodall. It's not oh, close. Yeah. It's not the who hottest, you want to buy. The hottest mum in cinema. Wow. I mean, if I'm going to be real about it, Anne Hathaway and Julia. No, you can't pick. It's the whole point of the game. <laughs> I mean, you can't pick, you really can't pick the leads. Good. Okay, I can't. You okay, pick fine. I pick. Okay, I want to do uh, uh, one more thing on the movie before yes. we move on. Is it better than Holes? So hard. Both Disney Channel. This is, I think, the hardest one we've done because they are the most similar in terms of genre and tone. Genre, tone, and party vibes. Also, like, uh, the things that this movie succeeds in, Holes also succeeds in. Mm. This is why I think this is difficult. And I think my answer is no. I think this movie is not as good as Holes. I want to be clear. I love this movie. Did you put, the, did you put Pretty Woman above Pretty Woman Holes? better than Holes. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the girls. It's a better movie. Hell yeah. Love that for you. It is a really- I don't even like this movie really, that much. <laughs> that's my thing is that going through it, I was having such a good time like remembering scenes, but I kind of got to the end of the movie and was like, nice, liked it. Yeah. Had, had a good time. It's, like, yeah, it's iconic. It was never, it was never something it's better that than was, Holes. Wow. That's big. Julie Andrews made me cry twice. Okay. That's the decider. Sigourney like, Weaver is in Holes. Can I remind Sigourney you of that? Sigourney Weaver is wonderful. Everyone Julia is wonderful in Sigourney, Holes. Julia you know. Two queens. Everyone is wonderful in Holes. Holes does not make me cry. And I just, Henry Winkler is in Holes. Can everyone is wonderful in Holes. Everyone just, is wonderful just, in this movie. I'm just presenting Hector Elizondo That's true. is in The Princess Diaries. That is true. I love, look, I love Speaking Holes, of. but there is something, and it's very easy to get me to cry. It's just make mother figures vulnerable. Um, mm. And this movie just, has that little, uh, this more than, this movie just has a little bit of juice for me. It just really fucking, made, it really hit me. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. it. This movie is just, just better than Holes. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I, so I think that's fair. This is the end of our Hector Elizondo miniseries. Yeah. And it has been an absolute pleasure to be talking about such a wonderful actor tracking his career, mm. which is obviously still ongoing. Still an actor, still doing a bunch of things. Hector, yep. very good. I think that it's been very fun just to kind of travel from the 70s through to the 2001 and just track his career, yeah. cinema, and his progression because although two films are directed by the same person, he played vastly different characters. Same role, different performance, Yeah, I think. Same, like, mm. role within the narrative. Uh, so – which, what was your favourite performance I had to Elizondo out of this This is such a good question because I think both or kind of maybe all three of us ended up last last uh, talking about Pretty Woman and we were like, that's such a good role, but maybe Detective Sunday is – or mm-hmm. no, you you went with Pretty Woman in, yeah, the, end, in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went with but, Sunday, I went with Sunday, and today, Joe. Yeah. It's Joe. It's got to be Joe. It's Joe. I think there's no it argument. I think it's Joe. It – okay. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. I'm going to bring up the uh, supporting acting Oscars for uh, 2000, 2001? 2001, or it'd be 2002, I guess. Yeah. Uh, mm. And then and let's see, see who was let's, robbed. Let's see who was, well, let's see who wasn't, who should have, yeah. Let's see if Hector Elizondo should have been robbed. there. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking love this movie. This movie lands so hard for me. Joe I'm, is just a, a hit. You Joe know, is it so good. Hits it. Who do you think would win in a fight of the three of the four Elizondos? Mr. Gray. 
Do you think Mr. Gray? I think it's between oh, Joe, Joe and Gray. Joe and Gray. It's between Joe Gray. Actually, sorry, of course Joe would win in a fight. Yeah, it feels like he knows how to do karate. Well, yeah, he would just he would like absolutely he, fuck you up. He's secret service. Yeah. If if they both had guns, I think Gray might shoot first. Depends on if Julie Andrews is involved. Because then in that case, he's taking the bullet. Do you think this movie would be different if Mr. Gray was the driver? <laughs> Mr. Gray. Yeah, I think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> was was the Secret Service. Oof. All right, let's read out these okay. actors in a supporting role. Actor in a supporting role. Uh, the nominees are Ethan Hawke in Training Day. I haven't seen it's Training Day. a really Day. good performance. Ben Kingsley in Sexy Beast. That oh, is such a good performance. That is a that is, I had. I actually didn't know that he was nominated for supporting role. Uh, that's good. That's a really good. That's a good movie Ian McKellen, well. The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. That's one of the greatest performances of all time. <laughs> uh, John Voight in Ali, who is really, really good. To say in holes <laughs> in somehow. Holes. That's later. Uh, and Jim Broadbent in Iris, who was the winner. I think I haven't seen Iris, so I kind of don't want to comment on it. I think John Voight in Ali is really, really good, but that's a very Oscar-y performance. Mm. That is a very like real guy doing real stuff, very you know serious movie. I'd kick him out of there and John, give, and give, the give it to Hector. I think. Look, yeah. I think that it's very impressive to be nominated for any Oscar awards in a children's, let alone like a rom-com yeah. for To be fair, teenagers. he wasn't. <laughs> I know, so I'm saying if you are. But I think it's one of those things that is often talked about and overlooked, particularly people in action films, people in horror films that yeah. often get overlooked for dramas, which I think as acting in general, it's harder to make the performances of something like The Princess Diaries moving as opposed to something that is like written that way. So those actors often get overlooked. And yeah, I think Hector could fit in there. And I think it, it, would, it would also be the sort of performance that uh, the sort of award, like if, if we were going to imagine this fabled world where he gets nominated, it would be a uh, thank you for being the best, you know, this for supporting being actor, Hector for being Hector Elizondo for so long and you're on TV and you're like- Lifetime achievement. Lifetime achievement. And he'd only need, like Hector Elizondo is like not, the you know biggest actor he's he's not no. John Voight but I think that's the sort of thing of like he gets one where he's crushed this thing out of the park I know it's a children's movie but that thing of like anyway that's we can imagine a better world <laughs> that's why we're here well Hector thank you for all of your amazing work and for giving us a jolly good time for the last four episodes who is next before we move on from Hector Elizondo I just want to end on a quote um, you have to put in the time sweat. Nowhere is it written that you're going to be successful and I've reminded my kids to redefine success. That is a Hector Elizondo quote yeah, about acting. That's great. And I think it is right in line with the cast. Yeah, that's awesome. Next up for us here at Supporting Cast is production designer Nigel Phelps. Uh, he is a British uh, production, English production designer, set designer and conceptual illustrator we are going to start when he is working as a uh, conceptual illustrator and he does all of the matte paintings of Gotham in Batman 89. We are then going to do his production design work. So his production design work on Judge Dredd, the Stallone movie from the 90s. Then, I mean, really a big reason why we're doing the whole thing is then we're going to cover Troy. Let's talk about Troy. We get to talk Troy. We get to talk about Seamus's favorite scene of all time. One um, of my favorite, one of my all time favorite character introductions in the history of movies is in Troy. And then we're going to jump forward fairly significantly 
to his production design work and his work as production designer on Detective Pikachu. What I think is really exciting about this series, obviously Nigel Phelps, probably the most anonymous person we've covered so far. I know we've only covered two people. He's not of kind of, certainly not a household name, but his work is blockbusters, uh, production design of blockbusters from 80 to 2016. That is, mm. you know, four decades of blockbuster production design. From Batman 89 to Detective Pikachu, I don't think you can span a larger range of blockbusters. And it's kind of, yeah, and I think that's what's going to be so interesting, like so exciting for us to discuss and 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 to talk about his work and and the way that he's he's kind of impacted the way that movies look for the last 40 years. I think that's really exciting. So I'm psyched. excited to do something that's not an actor's order to change it up a little bit. Production mm. design. Yeah. Talk absolutely. a bit more about how movies are made. I just got sad. I'm gonna miss Hector. I know. Yeah. It's always he'll it, come back, don't worry. We'll we will see him again. Um if you liked this content and this podcast and things we're talking about, you can follow us. You can subscribe on YouTube. At anything helps, really. If you have disagreed with everything we've said about the Princess Diaries, like, then comment, share. Please uh, write in the comment. Like, we love to debate things. We love arguing here at Supporting Cast. We're on all socials at Supporting Cast Pod. Uh, any anything really helps. And thank you for listening. If you like it, do all of that. And as always, goodbye, trolley people. Goodbye, trolley people.